let's say like the first one is eternal life and the second one is wolverine you know wolverine doesn't mm. age but like he, he ages it's just extended okay. you don't have the metal claws you don't have the metal claws you're not you're you're not immune to bullets you just you take a while to to get slower Gordo, i see you're shaking your head what's what's going on over there that's just a huge uh component to me there <laughs> There's no metal claws that changes the game. <laughs> it's not the answer I was expecting. <laughs> I mean, that's a valid point, though. Like, if you're going to live forever, but you don't have metal claws, like, what's kind of the point? Yeah, that's why we don't live forever right now. Because <laughs> we I don't think... have metal claws. <laughs> the station with the best music. Best music. Best music. I love the music. Best music. You're listening to Real Talk with the Boys. In your face, all over the place. Or you're online 24-7, 24-7. <laughs> Classes session. Open your books to page sixty eight. We have Professor K. And for the next hour, we want to make you laugh, learn something new, and say, "What if?" What's up, babies? How y'all doing today? God, this is just a fucking jam, guys. <laughs> yeah, who's Who this villain person? Who's this? What is this? So uh, this is a song that was commissioned by Marketplace, uh, part of American Media Podcasting Network. Check it out. Pew, pew. Uh, they commissioned- no free ads. <laughs> they commissioned this song from Dessa from what I understand um, she helped with Hamilton, right? So it was a, it was sort of a play on the whole concept of Hamilton being the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen coming in as the new Treasury Secretary under the Biden administration. She'll be the first woman to hold that role. She'll be the first person to have hold held, excuse me, um, the Fed Secretary and the head of the Economic Advisors and the Fed Chair. So. I just honestly, I've been listening to that song on repeat, and I'm just like, let's fucking go. <laughs> Who would have thought this fucking song about fina- uh, finances and economic uh, impact would just get you going? Give it a listen, fellas. Give it a I listen. Mean, I think it may be a banger. I think some kids still use the term slaps. I don't know what it it's means. Slaps. <laughs> <laughs> like the song itself slaps. Uh... <laughs> Prof K, do you, do you think we should look into what, what slaps means? So I feel like there is – the word slaps has connected with a lot of different items like throughout history. But more recently, there's like descriptions of things slaps like songs. But there's also like slapping wine. This was like a newer thing that I think my sister-in-law brought to my attention that I didn't know about. But it's like a thing. But I think it's a newer generation thing where you slap a – bottle or not a bottle but some box wine and you drink oh it. that's what not that? that's not a new generation thing that's that's having a good time <laughs> <laughs> you've never you've never uh, slapped a bag of wine i've literally never, never s- heard of it until this past uh, thanksgiving 
That's because you're a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> next time I see your beautiful face, I'll bring the wine. Don't worry. <laughs> I'd say, yeah, on the, on the next live show, James, you're slapping it live. <laughs> All right, so we're going to debate bottles versus cans. Is that what you guys want to start about first, or what's up? So uh, so I, I'm having a liquid diet for my breakfast. Breakfast of Champions, uh, Coors Banquet. No free uh, ads. Shout out, shout out to my boy, uh, Johnny Lawrence, Cobra Kai baby. Oh, totally free ads there. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were just talking about how... Uh, uh, Drinking out of the bottle just tastes so much better than the cans and and everything like that. What are, what are your guys' thoughts? Do you, are you pro can, pro bottle? I mean, I I want to say this is like not even related to alcoholic beverages, but I think all drinks. Whenever I'm drinking out of like a cold glass, I usually enjoy it more. I I feel like I personally perceive that I enjoy it more. I don't know if it's because of the glass itself or maybe there's some inherent like feeling that the glass is better for the environment. And so I'm drinking from like a healthier container. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of different factors that go into it. When you say glass, are you referring to like a draft beer, like from the tap? Or you say like you pour your drink a into bottle. a glass? Like, a, like you take a glass out of your cupboard, you pour the drink in there. Got you. But I think it applies to many other types of glasses as well. So... I don't know. I, I feel like it's there has to be research done on this. I might look into this after this um, this podcast or this pod um, and see um, why that's the case, though, because I, I feel like it's not just us. I, I feel like other people also feel that the same way. Prof K, bring that white paper. We'll discuss it. <laughs> no, I, I certainly agree with you. Like, isn't it similar like to the whole like wine decanter, like mm. having it sort of rest and like get the aroma? I don't know. What, what are other... What other terms that people use for alcoholic beverages? Let it breathe. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> T-Bone knows what's up. He's a he's a gentleman. Isn't that uh, a wine thing? It's alcohol, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would like to think that it has to do with the CO2, right? Like, that's why I think kind of like draft beer is probably the best because you're getting that straight from the tap, right? And it's like carbonating it right there would be my assumption i'm not 100 sure about that but the bottle right i would think it'd be better at containing that kind of stuff than can but i mean i, I don't know that'd be my guess though when you research i'd be curious to know yeah. <laughs> look into that white paper i do just have to say just the whole uh, of all the beer bottles i just love the coors banquet beer bottles they just look so freaking cool the only thing is I want to figure out how to like repurpose them. I, I, I want to DIY these bad boys into like, you know, something I see cool. it, bro. <laughs> so I, I was going to say, I have a buddy who uh, takes beer bottles and makes them into like candles. If that's something you want to get into. Sure. Maybe Cause you can maybe. like, you can cut the top off. So then like, yeah, you know, it and it's like a whole, you know, whole thing. I'm thinking more of like Zaddy candles. Having it like decorated across my house, just like what's in there? Let's find out. <laughs> Zaddy's secret surprise. I guess you could put like kombucha or something in there, right? Yeah, you know. <laughs> Gordo, what's your thoughts on the the can versus the glass? I think the uh, <clears throat> I think obviously the glass, like you know, a yellow jacket glass is just you know, it's an American just tradition you know it just looks good it just is known for you know just being good banquet beer you know and it just looks good from like you said it's a very unique 
uh, beer bottle. You know, I don't think there's any other like it. Maybe malt liquor, I think. Um, but I, but personally, I think from a from a point of uh, the beer staying cold, I have found that the aluminum cans actually keep the beer a little colder. Maybe it's just what I've not, maybe I'm way off, but I've noticed that, you know, if it, the aluminum can seem to make them last a little longer. Whereas if you're not drinking your bottle, um, pretty consistently, it can get a little flat, a little quick, but you can't beat the look of a, of a yellow jacket. Yeah. Gerda, I was just going to say, it sounds like you, you, you drink your beers rather slowly. <laughs> I've uh, declined in old age. See, <laughs> we're, we're going to notice as we go through the podcast. Uh, I will have been drinking my beer rather quickly. <laughs> yes, Eddie, please. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. It was too good. <laughs> oh yes. All right. Uh, uh, what's up? So I was just looking on a, a quick white paper. Professor K. Oh, sure. I was just looking at a quick white paper. So it looks like aluminum bottles cools faster than a glass bottle, but once removed from a cold source and you're exposed to normal room temperatures, the glass bottle will actually remain cooler than the aluminum container. See, I'm declining. That's called alternative. The more you know with the boys. <laughs> You said that was fake news. <laughs> no alternative facts. I'm not oh. saying it's discredited. I'm just saying it's alternative. I get that. I get that. Shout out to our girl uh, Kellyanne. One love, girl. One love. <laughs> In a world full of Pelosi's, be a McEnany. Or a K- uh, or a Kellyanne. <laughs> Kellyanne Conway. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm just so used to you saying Kaylee. I didn't even hear K- uh, you know Kellyanne. Who- who doesn't like a very assertive, empowered, ultra conservative woman? Come on, <laughs> just check off all the boxes right there. <laughs> Pretty sure everyone in the pod is into that. Uh, Alrighty, what do you we guys want to? All right, you guys want to take a little trip with some uh, world news and kind of get into some stuff that the mainstream media will not talk to you about? Let's do it. Worldview, trap Chinese mind golders, Vatican Bank convicted, and more? Have a bit of an update on those Chinese miners. Rescuers say it might be more than two weeks until they can save the 10 men. And workers have managed only to drill small holes to the miners trapped over a thousand feet below to provide food and medicine. The goal is to widen one enough so they can squeeze through, but rescuers face a couple of problems. First, the rock they're going through is hard granite. And second, they don't want to risk flooding the chamber. We're also learning that the miner who died initially fell into a coma, while the fate of the other 11 missing men is still unknown. Next, we are at the Vatican, where a judge has sentenced the former head of the Holy See's bank to prison. 
Angelo Caloya was found guilty of money laundering and aggravated embezzlement. The 81-year-old now faces nearly nine years in prison. His two lawyers were also handed the same sentence. Caloya is the highest ranking Vatican official to ever be convicted of a financial crime. His lawyer is appealing the sentence. This has been a problem that has plagued the Vatican for a long time. Back in 2013, Pope Francis created a committee of experts to tackle it. Next, we are heading up north to Canada, where the governor general has quit amid allegations of bullying. Julie Payette has been accused of creating a toxic work environment. The government had launched an investigation into harassment claims after a local news report over the summer. In it, several staff members say they felt bullied by Payette. The governor general represents the queen as head of state in her absence. In a statement, Payette called it an opportune time to resign because of her father's worsening health. Finally, we're in Peru, where there's anger over the country's handling of the pandemic. Some medics are going on hunger strike to demand more funding. The national union that represents them also says they want the head of the country's health, social security to resign. Medical workers complain the government is indifferent to the challenges they face battling the virus and warn the country's healthcare system is collapsing. To remedy the situation, they say they desperately need more equipment. And Amory, this comes as Peru faces a second wave of the virus, as well as battling that new variant from Brazil. Boom. How many of those did you hear about? Not a single one, but let's just respect that the lady in Canada <laughs> is getting rid stepping down from being a bully. <laughs> yeah. Well, blew my mind that she's like the representative of the queen. Like, I didn't know that they did that in like Canada. And I'm assuming they probably do that in Australia, too. Like, there's like a person who's basically like the queen in Canada or represents her, you know, on her behalf or whatever. Like that kind of blew my mind. What that would entail, like what powers that would instill for that individual? I have no see. That's what I, I have no idea, because I'm assuming the person who's in charge would be the prime minister. Right. Like the way it is over there, too. But. I know that the queen does have some kind of like certain powers when it comes to parliaments and stuff. And I know I'm assuming they're all part of like the British Commonwealth. I think it's called the Commonwealth, right? Or. Oh, empire. I didn't it's realize. Anymore, I didn't but... realize it was Queen Elizabeth. So I was like, I thought Canada was its own separate country. Yeah. Uh Oh, we got those interns. Oh man. You gotta keep them in line. Sophia, whatever you need to do. Right. Okay. Interns, man. These unpaid employees, dang. Try to give them some college credits and they just like make other people's lives so hard. Those goddamn Generation Zs. Just got scolded by an intern about having no muffins left in the break room. Dang. <laughs> they, no were they were great muffins. They were great muffins. But yeah, no, that kind of blew my mind too, as far as like, I mean, I just, yeah, it was kind of considered Canada its own nation, not like yeah. beholden. Right? Or still, yeah, I don't know how much it is beholden to the UK, you know? Because I know that like the prime minister for both the UK and Australia and maybe New Zealand too, I think they all do head to the UK for certain sessions and stuff of parliament. What? Yeah. What about the Chinese miners? Yeah, that's a wild, crazy story. That's too. crazy. Could you it's imagine like, the willpower and strength you'd have to have to be able to survive that darkness, 
I'd imagine unless they're able to get like some flashlights, but just how scary that would be. Wasn't it chilly like a few years ago where they had, they had all those miners too that were trapped mm-hmm. and I think they uh, all survived. Somewhere in like the South, I want to say like South Asia area too. There was like a, cause remember like Elon Musk was talking about creating like that diving. The soccer players. Yeah. yeah. When they went into like some cave and they got yeah. trapped. So, I That's mean, it's probably a like, crazy similar situation. I mean, like if yeah, you're claustrophobic and yeah, I'll just I'll I'll just die. <laughs> I think the scariest thing for me for something like that is you don't know what the outcome is going to be. No. Like in almost any other scenario, like you know that you're going to be safe. You just have to wait for rescue. In that scenario, like you you might die, and yeah, mm-hmm. that's I can't even imagine. That's well, especially like when they're drilling. If they crack like a certain rock, and all of a sudden, like they said, the cavity floods. Like you know, like yeah, like a thousand yeah. feet underground. It's insane. Wow. Yeah. Hope they're okay. Yeah, yeah no prayers out to them. Hopefully they can get them out, or at least kind of keep getting them the supplies they need. It's crazy too, because it sounds like half of them are missing. So twenty-two got trapped, and they only know the current status of like eleven of them. So like eleven oh, of them geez. are just like yeah, which is like even you know again like you're saying adding to that level of stress when you're down there. You don't know where like half of the people that got stuck down there with you are. Yeah. You know? And if those eleven are still alive, or like if they're by themselves, oh my yeah. gosh, yeah, yeah, real. I will have to say, segue, um, those cloaks from Europe, those those judges that we're looking at are hearing from the Pope and the oh, Vatican, Vatican City. Yeah, I just I feel like a European judicial system has way cooler uh, cloaks than the U.S. Right. They've got like all the the um, ribbons and stuff somewhere, the wigs still. Like, I'm not going to lie. I, we should bring him back. <laughs> Hell yeah. Especially the wigs. I love seeing like both the men and women, like everyone, even the judges, like everyone has to wear these, like, you know, the old white colonial wigs. I love that. I think, yes, I fully hardly agree with that. Term I, limits I, and wigs for judges. I, I do and think- infrastructure week. <laughs> I, I do think it's interesting that like those traditional garbs, like they are, you know, literally traditional but those traditions had to have begun somewhere. So like with, you know, the recent development of Space Force, those garbs that they wear, that is going to be the new tradition going forward. So you almost have a short period of time to create a tradition before you can't change it anymore. Like, it's not like we can go back in our system and redo like the outfits that they wear because it's too late. Like it's no longer traditional if they change it, you know? Uh, I see what you're saying. Because if we brought it back, it wouldn't be like our traditional. We would just be copying like European tradition. And we would just be creating a new thing. It's no longer a tradition. And I feel like for something that's been around for so long, it's really hard to make a change like that. I mean, I'm I'm sure there are examples of that actually occurring, but I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Is the Space Force uniform really stars? Cause that's badass. Like, do you have it? Send it I, in the chat. We'll pull it. I'm, I'm, I'm Googling it. I, I have. It's not a credible source, but uh, it would be so cool if that was, in fact, the uh, uniform for the space. Well, you know who Force. designed them, right? Steve Carell, right? Our boy Donnie. <laughs> no, uh, our uh, past first lady. Oh, then no, this isn't real. Our Melania would Melania would not allow this bullshit to go. She'd be like, "This isn't. We need Gucci Prada in a couple of weeks ago before this can be used." At least I remember reading some story a while ago that like she was like doing the Space Force like uniforms or something like that. 
I'm like skeptical of putting you something can fact in the check because I'm want. only getting like Netflix's Space Force shows <laughs> <laughs> outfit. <laughs> Uh, Prof Day, that's very, very accurate. Let's be very <laughs> Is this really the outfit? Again, I don't know. This will well, be in so our that show logo notes. in the background is the actual, like, that is the legit Space Force logo. Right there. Looks like Star Trek. Oh. See, I, I don't know. I just don't know. Because I, like, I was looking into like astronaut stuff. The reason why they wear an orange suit going up into space is because it's easier to see yeah. near the Earth's atmosphere. But then when they go actually out into space, they wear only white. So I'd assume we would be like kind of the Navy with like full whites. But oh, what about this? I like the oh, idea of having a Space Force astronaut suits that are not white but stars, so they can blend in into outer space. Like you can't I mean, see me. That, if you are doing some covert, you know, black ops type stuff, that does make sense. You do want to just kind of sneak up, right? I think we talked about it last spot or just maybe in passing, where you know, Prof K is more on the research standpoint, and I agree with him. I'm more on the Star Trek standpoint, but I just would love to see them in, in like space uniform and just disappear, just. <laughs> <laughs> uh throw it to elon he could probably make some suits that all of a sudden could uh, like go from white to stars and then be five years delayed and then say he's gonna take his <laughs> private and then public and then oh we're moving to texas sorry podcast. yeah you know <laughs> fuck that guy <laughs> yeah he could be batman too and he's not doing it so I'm also mad at him as well with the Bezos. Yeah, and he's the wealthiest guy in the world. Let's just throw that out there. <laughs> Truth. For what? I don't know. See, this is your Mr. Angry from Inside Out speaking, Z. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because sad. Sad's not allowed. <laughs> so when we talk about like someone being the wealthiest person in the world or their overall wealth, this is including like the stocks they have in their own company, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not so, liquid like you're right. So cash if they hand. if they were to liquidate all of their stocks, the value of those stocks would come crashing, correct? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm this is just my misunderstanding. I'm just asking an open ended question. So if I mean, as far as I understand that, yeah, I believe that'd be the way it worked. Yeah, if he just like cash in on everything, I don't think he'd actually be worth whatever billions he's worth. Would be my understanding, but. Well, yeah, it would depend on what he sells at, right? Like, if for whatever reason he decided to sell all of his stocks at a low then his val his his net worth is going to drop but if he sells it at a high it's going to be higher and and really it's dependent upon what the valuation is right like yeah um if the ceo just liquidates all of his um holdings there might be like oh what does he know that we don't know maybe we right. should look at our funds too so I, I, that's what I was wondering. Would it bring instability into like the company itself, so that when he's selling his, all of his sh- shares, would it drop in value as he's selling them, or would it just be? This is just my complete infamiliarity with with stocks, I guess. You know, as a financial expert, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll consult my financial planner and get back to you, Prof. <laughs> I mean, I know like some stuff I've looked into in the past, the stock market is very based on like emotions and like very, it's not like, like you're saying, like seeing something like that would cause people to like have fear and panic, I would think. So. Isn't that why uh, Bitcoin was dropping so quickly or like rapidly? I think it was like a few months ago. Like what was the lowest? Even recently because of Yellen, they're afraid of her. 
What was the yeah. lowest? Um, <laughs> what was the lowest Bitcoin was available to purchase like in the past year? Last year, I think it might like, be the lowest right now, but we'll find out. No, not right now. Uh, okay. Wasn't it down to like under? So a year ago, it was at. Click up huh? top where it says one Y. Oh, there we go. Bam. Yeah, I thought. It, yeah, see, oh, so it was right. on okay. ten grand earlier this year. You're right. Yeah, so it was around. It got to the lowest of like forty eight. Back so if you in bought a Bitcoin March. for forty eight hundred in March, it would be worth thirty forty thousand dollars. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, if you bought Bitcoin when it first came out and held on to it, it's like it was Man. like two bucks, and then it was like. There's stories of so many like tech journalists that bought it just to be able to report on it, and then they forgot how to access it, and they're like, yeah, like worth lost. Yeah, I again going back to like marketplace and then one of them is like it's like forty thousand dollars. It's just like damn. There was uh, I think just going off that story, there was that one guy who was a tech journalist. He got like I don't know how many bitcoins, but in the current day, it would be worth I think two hundred. I don't. I don't think it was million. I think two hundred fifty billion dollars or something like that. Something absurd. But the hard drive that it's on is encrypted. But the way it's encrypted is he gets two attempts to enter his password, and if he fails both times, then it's lost forever. Oh. And, and so this guy is like trying to. He basically put on the internet like a call for action, like. If anyone can help me figure out how to fix this oh. and get it out, I will give you a portion of the money. Well, and isn't there some guy in the bay that's like close on breaking it? Oh, I don't know. I didn't do a follow up on that. Yeah, I think I because I had heard something about it. I was like, I don't know what this guy's doing. Okay, the 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 strings are connecting, guys. <laughs> Man, I I don't even know what that would feel like because you know that you are going to be a billionaire, but if you mess up, like you will. You will not be a billionaire. And you it's not like the lottery. Like you've won it already. You just lost your ticket somewhere in your house. <laughs> That's brutal. That is As Gordo said, uh, <laughs> my, my my anger person from inside out would probably murder all of my other people. <laughs> <laughs> just rage quit your house until you found it. Uh, and if it's lost, burn everything to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, wow. Well, I got some more uh, other interesting stories if you guys want to get into. Have you guys heard about how a German scientist made a paralyzed mouse walk again? No. This is some cool sh This mm, craziness. Let's get into it. It's kind of, I'll forewarn you, the guy's speaking in German and there's a translation, so it takes a second, but. We'll I I've watched Dark before. I'm pretty familiar with the German language. Good. <laughs> <laughs> das ist gut, James. Profke is going to be the narrator for us. <laughs> this mouse can actually walk again. We didn't expect that at all back then. We had to check the mice every day. I had taken them out, had them on the hand, and suddenly I saw that the two of them were moving very, very strongly, and that actually surprised me. And then I put them on the table and saw that they could actually walk again. I must say the video quality on this is superb. Thanks. Yeah, you know. It almost looks as if it's a frame by frame and he's physically moving him with his hand. Yeah. <laughs> In general, um, fake news or treatments that you develop in mice 
can normally not one-to-one -one transferred to uh, human beings. So there is still a lot of work ahead of us that needs to be done. And uh, so um, right now we cannot guarantee that it works in humans. But what we did is we at least showed that in principle, uh, functional regeneration can occur after complete spinal cord injury. And I think that's certainly very nice and something we are very happy about. All right, so, yeah. where's Dr. Strange at? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy because, like, from my understanding, uh, they like inject them with some kind of protein or some kind of like I don't know if it's a protein, but some kind of like concoction that like actually like pushes forward or like promotes the regenerative growth of like the nerves and everything. So, like, they introduce the chemical into the brain, and then that causes the body to actually repair those damaged nerves, which is like unheard of. So, I thought that was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, I, I sometimes feel like we're we were born a little too early because I feel like there's so many medical advances that are going to occur and be um, like research on human beings over the upcoming few decades. But at that point, we're going to be really old and it might be kind of too late for us to actually utilize. So it's a little sad at the same time, but it's good for future generations. Posterity. Well, don't you think that that might actually like be able to reverse the aging if we get to that level? Reverse aging, I think, is such a complicated topic. Um, there has been, oh God, there was a study that came out, I think, not too long ago, that went into like increasing telomere length and actually anti-aging processes. But like, if let's say the like fixing a spinal cord injury was there, like for most of the things that kill people, the chronic conditions like diabetes, heart disease, strokes, Alzheimer's disease, those are things where. Uh, by the time we have a, a solution to the problem, our bodies are so advanced in those diseases that it's almost impossible to reverse. Like once you have chronic kidney disease, there's no like magic cure for it. Like the only cure is dialysis or getting a kidney transplant. Once you have like diabetes and start getting complications for it, it's not like your hyperglycemia will magically go down. It's just more of like taking insulin, taking metformin and just kind of surviving. So it's, if they somehow develop something that reverses all of that that's fantastic but there's, it's so complicated that i really confident won't we won't see that reversal process in our lifetime but i can see someone developing a prevention strategy mm -hmm. for, to prevent it from actually progressing so it's a little sad it's a little sad but it's, it's good for future people i think prof k can i uh, you know you're you are uh the resident it's already that bad. All right. It's going to be a long day. Uh, you're, you're the resident expert at holding us accountable of defining what terms are used. And uh, you just use telomere. You know, it's been a couple decades since I've taken the science. What the hell is a telomere? So to simplify a little bit, um, in your genetic code, uh, you have things called telomeres, which is basically a buffer on both sides. And so when your body replicates, uh, there's always going to be a chance for error, for mistakes, for things to get shortened. What you're trying to do is to prevent those shortenings and those mistakes from occurring in the actual important parts. So if it cuts at the telomere part, then, oh, there's no problem because 
it doesn't do anything. It's just mo more of like a, a safety zone. But once, the, like, as you get older, those safety zones get smaller and smaller and smaller. So one of the goals of anti-aging is to maintain it or to increase the length or to, to reverse oh. that. And you're talking oh. about like a, during like cell division and stuff, right? Correct. Mm. So do you, uh, do you ever feel for the mice? That's a good question. Like has uh, PETA ever got involved? Oh, I'm sure they have. Oh, all the time. <laughs> like um, outside of mice, like is there really any, I don't even know if it's acceptable, but is there any other common, is there as, as a common as a species as a mice to get tested on? I don't think as common, but I think mice are usually one of the first ones. The, before mice, it's usually just normal cells. So when we did arsenic research, we would use dead mice cells, not dead mice cells, uh, we'd use like mice cells, put it in a little bath of liquid to help it grow. And then once we're done with it, we take a little bit of that and grow the next batch from there. Once we find like there is, like it works in those cells, then we go into like living organisms like mice. And then if once it works there, then you go even further and get closer and closer to human beings. So when we look at BPA models, oh, um, God, don't, yeah. <laughs> it's, those were wrong. You know, it's really like inappropriate to do those studies on human beings because at high doses, BPA can cause cancer and hurt people. Right. So they do those studies on animals like mice, and then they infer those conclusions to human beings. They apply a little buffer and say like, oh, human beings might be this much more likely to be exposed and, and make a conclusion based off of that. So in the long run, it's better to do it from a utilitarian perspective on like mice and chimpanzees because uh, we, we want to preserve human life as much as we can. Got it. So like you're anti-PETA. That's what you're saying. <laughs> uh, are they a sponsor? <laughs> no free ads. No free ads. <laughs> what, would, what, would, what would you guys think, like, if, if there was, in fact, something that could, you know, allow for immortality or extended youth, would you be for it or against it? Like, personally, like, would you be willing to do it? Like, if it was guaranteed, like, immortality, in, it, like, long-term youth, would you do it? Forever? Yes, zero questions. The first one, so immortality, <laughs> yes. The extended youth, it's just going to extend your lifespan, right? Like, you're just going to have a more, a younger body i don't know i mean I'm, well, I'm have you seen it. transcendence with like johnny depp where like he uploads himself into a computer basically and then like recreates like a body for him to like download himself into first great fucking movie yeah fantastic um, second don't upload your brain into the computer it just doesn't seem right <laughs> i do, do it i'll live forever i'll run the world it's fine so wait were you okay, saying like that the first one um, is Eternal like it's not like you would go from like zero to ninety Wolverine. and then like get older. Now Wolverine doesn't age, but like he, he ages. It's just extended. You, stay, you, you don't have the metal claws. You don't have the metal claws. You're not. You're you're not immune to bullets. You just you take a while to to get slower. Gordo, I see you're shaking your head. What's what's going on over there? That's just a huge uh, component to me there. <laughs> There's no metal claws. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the answer I was expecting. <laughs> I mean, that's a valid point, though. Like, if you're going to live forever, but you don't have metal claws, like, what's kind of the point? Yeah, that's why we don't live forever right now. Because <laughs> we I don't think... have metal claws. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would be all for extended life, but I think just living older and older, and so 
like those other issues potentially advancing as well. I, I think it just goes back to quality of life. So if I'm 190 years old, but I can still walk up the stairs and do normal activities, yeah, I'm down for that. But if I am just stationary and can't do much, I, I'm questioning a little bit. Yeah. So if like, let's just propose it as like Ziad said, you either get like, you eat this fruit and you just live forever, you never die. Or like, never die from age, let's just say, or you can drink a potion that like extends your life 50 years or brings you back 20, 30 years. Oh gosh, now I'm, I'm kind of going back now because I, I would be so curious what like the world will look like in 100 years and I, I really want to see it, so. Or even like 4,000 or 5,000 years. Yeah. Um, I'd chill. I mean, my, it'd be a long my, ass time, but. I guess my other question is like, do I still get my pension for those 4,000 years? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as long as you kept the government going, probably. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the state may have to cancel it. <laughs> Prof K lives too long. We can't afford this. <laughs> I don't know if purrs will last that long. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm more of the pessimist where I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be alive. <laughs> like in the sense of like forever. I'm just like, Ooh, I don't, I don't want to see like, I'm yeah, just, millions are coming. Go ahead. Yeah. I know. I was just, I share that same uh, sentiment as Zaddy. It's a lot. I mean, at some point you just uh, not necessarily just want to die, but just, you know, I think we've all, want to find peace at one day and if that time comes and it's just you know time to go and we've seen our families grow and built relationships i'd rather see that than see them go and then i'm just here making new relationships mm. over and over lovely. and over yeah, exactly and that's like a really deep conversation because that's like almost what is the value of life because i think you know, like kind of like the lottery itself, like right now, when you're working a full-time job or some kind of salaried position, you are working for a purpose. Like that, it could be a, the purpose of your career, but also getting income to support your family and your family's dreams. But once you remove that factor of like finances, remove the factor of like the end of life and you know how life is a limited time period, that changes the dynamics quite a bit. And you know, I, I don't really know what that really entails. You ever see the movie Highlander? No, but I hear it's a classic. It is a classic. I'd highly recommend it. But it kind of gets into that thing. Like this guy dies and then he finds out he's an immortal, lives forever. But like RJ says, he's lived like through multiples families. And like you're saying, I mean, it's like he's just been, he's set for the rest of his life. But then it's kind of like, if you can live forever, it gets pretty lonely. Okay. Because then, I mean, yeah, you just outlive everyone you've ever known. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, no, I definitely recommend it. It's a cool show, a cool movie. And then they turned it into like a TV show during the 90s. Okay. Um, speaking of like genetic testing of animals and stuff, you guys know that the like when they test, so like RJ, when you're kind of asking about different animals that they test on and stuff, they test on ferrets and minks for respiratory diseases because they are very similar to us. So I don't know if James, if you know anything as far as when they test on different animals, do they test on animals depending on the thing that like if they're looking for a respiratory issue they'll go for like ferrets because it's very similar to humans because mice aren't necessarily as close that's at least that's kind question. of my understanding when it comes to testing on various different animals i'll have to look further into that but i'm pretty sure that's the case um they try to go for things that are closest to, to human beings um but there's always going to be massive caveats so if they do it with ferrets or mice or whatever like they'll apply an absurd factor in a good way like they want to be um, it's called the precautionary principle they want to be basically cautious and careful about the conclusions they make but yeah i, I would assume they would choose the the mammal that's closest to human beings i'll have nice. to look into that 
Is yeah, that what they weird. tested the COVID-19 vaccine on, Tebow? <laughs> I'm so glad you uh, asked me that because they actually didn't do any animal testing for the COVID-19 vaccine because they actually skipped that as part of the Operation Warp Speed. Mm. And if you so, check our show notes, we have an awesome article by the Children Health, Health Defense Fund. And they have some interesting facts I wanted to present to you guys and then kind of, I don't know, get your opinion on it. Unless you have something to say, Prof K? No, no, no. Before I'm we really open to it. I, I would love to hear more about this. <laughs> Zaddy just right. rocking the uh, Biden-Harris sweatshirt. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I got a little chilly in my, in my uh, pleasure palace, so I threw on a comfy, cozy, uh, safe sweater. <laughs> you, you mind standing up for us real quick? It's almost like those three red flags kind of represent three red flags in another communist country or something. Fuck I have you, no idea. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, so we're not going to get sidetracked because I want to talk about this real quick. But um, yeah, so at least from you know what this article says and the information here is that the COVID-19 vaccine is still in its experimental stage. They have not completed stage three clinical trials yet, especially the mRNA technology using these vaccines is also experimental. And the fear is that the sheer speeds at which these vaccines are being deployed and tested kind of precludes us from knowing the side effects, kind of especially long term. And then they kind of break down here, at least as of December 18th, 2020, the adverse rate uh, in the U.S., adverse event rate when it came to the vaccines in the U.S. was 2.79%. Uh, this means that your harm, your risk of harm from the vaccine is far greater than your risk from dying from COVID, which has an overall non-institutionalized infection fatality rate of 0.26%. And then they kind of just go into the idea or like the whole article then goes further on of like if because there's talk right now about making these vaccines like mandated or not. And the it's like can, can set a frightening precedent if we're mandating experimental type things. So I just kind of wanted to like for me, it just was really interesting read. I mean, stuff way above my head when it came to like, you know, when they got into the real medical science behind it. But I mean, I feel like I was able to kind of keep with it. But see, will you be like getting the vaccine, T-Bone? Not any of the not the mRNA vaccine. No. I will do the Johnson and Johnson traditional vaccine that's like cultured from a dead virus. So then that's so the Moderna and Pfizer is the one you will not get. Yeah, because they're mRNA and I believe we went into did we go into this into the first pod maybe not maybe uh maybe i didn't bring this stuff information in. but my whole thing at least from what i've been looking at when it came to the mrna vaccine is that the idea is that the mrna technology has your cell create the pro spiked proteins and then your body eliminates the spike proteins creating an antibody response but the fear is that when they did test it in ferrets with this kind of technology was that the ferrets did have a great antibody response, but when they were introduced to a wild version of the virus, they actually got twice as sick as ferrets who did not. And this is a, actually, this might've been something that maybe I was just kind of showing Zaddy off on the side. It was a, it was like a clip or a interview with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And he's like a huge proponent of like safe vaccines and like really making sure that we're like taking care of them because like vaccines used to have like mercury in them and that kind of stuff. And he was like, a big, he, I don't know if he was, affected by it or not but he's like again he's this bigger proponent of it and i think he might be involved with the children's health defense fund but again i just want to put the information out there so people can make smart educated choices about you know what they want to do and maybe not jump at the front of the line i'm more than happy to give my spot to anyone else who truly needs it so i'm more than happy to wait so i, I just have a first quick question this is because i'm not too familiar but is the children's health defense um website is that um a reputable source or what is that? i've never heard of it 
Yeah. I mean, as far as I've known, when I've, I mean, when it came to information, um, we can get really about. <laughs> Who are the sponsors? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let me see here. Breitbart. <laughs> Fake news. Come on. Don't be misleading our, our, our listeners Steve like that. Bannon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Right here. Yeah. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is the chairman of it. I think it's just like a nonprofit. Yeah, it's just a yeah. 501c3 nonprofit whose mission is to end childhood health epidemics by working aggressively to eliminate harmful exposures and hold those responsible accountable and to establish safeguards so this never happens again. Like, I know some of the stuff they worked on was like in the Philippines. There's a huge lawsuit going on with like a bad vaccine that was introduced to them and a bunch of children died. Like, they've been helping them out with that. Um, similar I mean, I- thing in Africa as well. So like they like where a lot of these vaccines get tested out of our country, they actually go to like help them is from my understanding. I'll look into it further just because I, I do question kind of any kind of bias from using their own website to validate them. Because I feel like, you know, you can kind of say whatever you're like, whatever you want about yourself. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely say dig into it. They put all the sources and everything in here. I mean, you can click on the links. that will take you to like where they pull the information from. Okay. And then it looks like this was actually originally published by I don't know who Mercola is. Does say Merca? Angela Merkel? Mercola? <laughs> uh, okay, you have to pay for this or whatever. But I don't know. Yeah, James, I mean, please, Professor K, get into it. Let me know. Is this reputable or not? Again, you know, it's just like, got to look into the information. And I guess Zaddy, will you be getting the vaccine? Oh, 100%. 100, I, I'm waiting for it. Uh, I, I want people that are most at risk to take it. But put me in line. Get me, get me, uh, give me that vaccine. And I want to get. I want to go to brunch again. <laughs> tired, I'm tired of drinking by myself on Zoom calls. <laughs> I feel that. The one thing I was going to say was I'm pretty certain for the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, they, they finished their phase three clinical trials already. I think the ones that are still like in the, the phase three trials are the AstraZeneca, the Janssen, Janssen and, and Johnson. the, the, the Nova, Novarax. Prof K, wouldn't um, FDA like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the policies of. Uh, obviously, I, I would hope that it's, there's a lot of criteria for something to get approved by the FDA. But once they put their official stamp on it, I mean, that's pretty significant, right? Like that's that's that is huge, huge as far as it being um, quote unquote safe to then provide to the population. Absolutely. Uh, I think the the one thing to always take in consideration is, in addition to their approval, it's like kind of like what T Bone put on the the screen about there are you know, adverse events, there are still fatalities associated with not may, may not necessarily the vaccine, but like, so let's say you get the vaccine and let's say it has a 90% effective rate. So that means 10% of the population will still get um, COVID if they were exposed to it. And those 10% can still potentially die from because it's still a normal reaction to, mm-hmm. to COVID. So it's not necessarily a death related to the vaccine. It's a death related to COVID. So what the vaccine does is it reduces your risk of having a negative, like an adverse event, but also decreases the risk of actually dying from it as well. Um, and when it comes to children, um, children and pregnant populations, they are like in public health classified as priority populations. So they're the group, the groups of people that we want to keep safe. So for vaccines, they usually test them and approve them for adults and normal, quote unquote, normal people. And then once it's safe for them, then over time, they'll introduce that to children and pregnant populations. And so that right now, um, from my understanding, pregnant individuals can't like they're not actively pursuing them. But if you are pregnant, you can talk to your doctor. And if you're in an at risk group, you can potentially get it uh, just 
for your own safety as well. So if you fall in those other uh, high-risk groups. So just to go back to the question, yes, uh, it's a super thorough, in-depth process. Um, the U.S. has a process for this. Other countries in the world have the same, very similar process. Um, and once they approve it, it's pretty much safe at that point. Um, but once again, there's small risk not associated with the vaccine normally. I think next uh, podcast, I'd like to get um, discussion going as far as who supports the United States uh, re-entering uh, World Health Organization and who does not. T-bone. Can we already guess? <laughs> I mean, I'm game. I mean, like, I would just, per- I would just propose it like this. If that's, if we, I mean, let's tag that with this. Let's do a follow up on this because I was, a, I mean, this is just a news story, but I do have some other stuff I want to bring up to get into. So maybe me and Prof K, you know, we'll do a little uh, prepping together and we'll uh, hit you guys yeah, with a spicy medical science. Segment. And then maybe, Ooh, maybe Z spice. and I can discuss the Paris climate. Accords, yeah, because you know, yeah, you just gotta take care, we Talk about care about the of the Paris citizens or whatever, baby. <laughs> oh, fuck you. I was making fun of Ted Cruz. I was making fun of him. I was making fun of him. I'm on your side. And the banquets. I can't even I can't even agree with you. I can't even be on your team. Your Wi-Fi's connection's drunk right now. Not exactly. It's the Wi-Fi, not me. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. I think it would be a good discussion and All get right. a better idea of how everything's looking. Do you guys want to? Um, the last I'm thing cur- that I have. Yeah, I'm curious what your this. last point is there, T-Bone. The squad. Okay. Yeah, I'll bring this guy up to you. Zaddy, do you have a squad T-shirt? Oh, absolutely. Ayanna Presley, baby. <laughs> All right. So this is my last one. And then after this, we can either do our mystery sound if the intern's got the caller ready, or we can do uh, your She just looks so segment. angry all the time to me. Bro, I would be angry late? too, dealing with that many dumb people. Like, you know, like you said, Generation Z is useless. So like, I get it. They're just like, pay me and I don't want to do any work. And we're like, I, I want to be very clear. I was, not I was saying that in jest. I think Generation Z is going to save us. I mean, they're, they're going to that be, would be a great topic sometimes. Universal healthcare. So yeah, I, I think they will definitely save us. We should get a Generation Z caller to Ooh, discuss. We could. I could find one. Yeah, that'd be great. Tell us why your generation doesn't suck. <laughs> So what's going on over here, T-Bone? Yeah, what are, so, what are so, so for me, because, you know, I'm just all about freedom and liberté, I saw the squad doing something that I was like, you know what? That's actually one thing I can get behind with the squad. So the nice. squad and uh, Rashid Talabi. I hope I Rashida right. Talib. Thank you. Get it right, uh, Z. Gotcha, baby. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Got to represent my fellow Arab women. Yes, Daddy, please. Um... <laughs> So the squad is leading a charge against expanding national security powers after the riot capital, which for me, I am totally for because anytime, I mean, it's kind of goes to that Winston Churchill um, kind of statement, never let a good crisis go to waste, even though for him, he was more so talking about like rallying everyone against the Germans where now people kind of take it and spin it into kind of like a more uh, cynical view of it or whatever. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I just, I personally kind of back their push to like, not expand 
our national security powers as if like, you know, again, like with 9-11 when we had the, you know, what was it? The, uh, not the Freedom, was the Freedom Act? What was Patriot it Act. Thank you, the Patriot Act. Yeah, you know, like that kind of stuff. So like I'm super glad to see these kind of people on the other side of the aisle pushing this kind of protection of our rights instead of just kind of giving up more of our rights and freedoms for the false sense or maybe, you know, sense of security, at least in my opinion. I will say I I agree with you that there is always um, some scrutiny when it comes to expanding national security and government uh, monitoring of American citizens. Uh, I was watching the most recent uh, Bill Maher episode, the one that came out last night. He had a former FBI agent come on and they were talking about how they're one of the challenges with domestic terrorism charges, regardless, just domestic terrorism charges is that. Um, it's really hard to charge people with that, right? When they perform acts of domestic terrorism, there is no legal ramification. They are charged for the other actions that they've performed that are considered illegal. So I certainly agree. You know, one of the one of the comments the user had, or not the user, but the the uh, guest had shared, and I certainly agree with, is if you change uh, white supremacists or, or whatever to and the, this is going to be controversial, so I apologize if I, I upset anybody, but like if you say black, there's going to be some sort of gang affiliation. If you say Muslim, there's going to be some sort of um, international charge of uh, international terrorism. So again, I think it's a, it's a broader conversation because you are right. We don't want to allow the government to monitor Americans um, free willingly, as we saw with um, the Patriot Act and what Edward Snowden released, but mm-hmm. I do think there needs to be some sort of accountability and measure with these sort of um, extreme domestic uh, organizations that are typically um, white nationalist in nature that we can have some sort of actions to prevent them, right? You know, under the Obama administration, when Janet Napolitano was the DHS, yeah, I, I get that and HHS confused sometimes. Uh, when she was DHS uh, secretary, uh, there was a study on domestic terrorism and white nationalism. And there was, they were ridiculed when they were saying that this is in fact a problem. We need to look into it. We need to understand it. Um, and, and that's the challenge, I think, ultimately. And, and I certainly encourage you all to go watch that interview and, and certainly um, understand it. But I've shared it with you all. I think really what it comes down to is we need to root out the problems that these people are facing. Like no person that is in a gang in a uh, jihadi group or in a white nationalist group fundamentally is okay. Right. We can just say that objectively, like they're not okay. Like no one thinks, no one thinks has these rational thoughts because it makes sense because it doesn't. Um, These people have some sort of, um, life experience or mental health, as you all know, I, my thought is it's daddy issues. Um, and if we can address those, I think we can really um, resolve it. But certainly, I, I agree with you, T-Bone, that um, expanding government overreach with um, security and surveillance is challenging, but there does need to be uh, something that's, look, that's looked into it. Truth and Reconciliation Commission, all I'm saying. <laughs> Sorry, that was a lot. 
Yeah, that was a wee bit, but I know I full hardly agree with that statement. I think you're kind of coming in and hitting it kind of maybe in the middle because it's like you're right. I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty sure the KKK is listed as like a domestic terrorist group, but like past that, I don't know if all the other ones are or not. But if you, I mean, I'm assuming if they are labeled as that group within like the Justice Department, then they can be pursued in those kind of means. But I agree with you there. I think there definitely should be some kind of reform there. But then, yeah, with like we saw with the NSA and the broad scoping powers that happened after the Patriot Act, I just feel we shouldn't, you know, again, just kind of just be careful, right? Be informed. So, all right. Well, I think um, we can do this Powerball segment. The interns, from what I've heard from the back of house manager, she is they're doing the lines right now. We've got some callers coming through, so they're going to be they're going to be they're screening them. So she's yelling that. at them about the muffins, and she's yes. getting those callers. Dude, it's a, it's a I feel for her. You know, we should we need to get her like a Starbucks gift card or something to at least say thanks. Like I know it's nothing, it's it's penance, but you know. Do you guys want to? Uh... Maybe in a frozen playhouse or something. I think she'd probably prefer that. Actually, no. it's probably a very good idea. No, she did not. <laughs> Okay, uh, what did you uh what did you have going on about the the lottery billion dollar lottery i mean I, I think you know it's been on the news and i'm sure we've all heard of it if you haven't then that's crazy but i i think um with all this going on i think you pose a really good question gordo about what we would do individually if we won one of these large like sums of of money in the in the lottery whether it's the mega millions or the, the powerball <clears throat> So I don't want to take that away. So what what would you do? So I don't, uh, well, first, just so everyone's aware, which like Prof K said, you probably already heard, but um, the mega, mega millions lottery ticket was finally uh, selected last night in Michigan. Uh, it's a billion dollar prize pre-tax um, when it was sold. And the winning numbers were 4, 26, 42, 50, 60, and the mega ball number was 24. Um, and so the article that I'm reading now says the odds of scoring the jackpot are one in 302,575,350. Damn it, C3PO, never tell me the odds. <laughs> <laughs> so just crazy. I know everyone's <clears throat> probably had this discussion, but you know, Prof K, what do you think? after taxes let's say you took the lump sum of a billion dollars what do you think after tax the payout would be oh gosh is a lump sum i th- i think it's less like... than 500 million oh yeah yeah um but that's I mean, another I... question would you take the lump sum or would you take the yearly payout let's see lump I... sum lump sum yeah dollar a day is worth more than a dollar tomorrow uh i i would deep i would originally i think for the majority of the population I would arguably say they should take the um, the action that is spread over time, just because of the proportion of individuals who uh, who could take the lump sum who end up potentially being broke after a couple of years. And right. a lot of studies have been looking into uh, lottery outcomes for different populations, um, regardless of socioeconomic status and edu- educational attainment prior to the lottery. Uh, and, and a good portion of them, like people do end up um, losing most, if not all of it. So spreading it out, even though in the long run is worth less, can be a better outcome for different individuals. But if you are 
like comfortable, if you're kind of a little financially savvy, if you have a financial advisor or you can talk to someone right when you win, then yeah, definitely take the lump sum. Um, yeah. But so I, you, it, you think it'd be less than 400 million? Uh, I thought it was gonna be less than 500, but uh, T-Bone just pointed out. As I say on the article, yeah. It's estimated for 740. Yeah, I always cut it in half. Like whenever, whenever I look at those lottos, I'm like, okay, what's the what's the total? I just assume yeah. half in taxes, right? Because it's you give yourself a little room. Go ahead, Prof. K. I, I'm just really surprised it's 740. <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be a lot less than that. Um, You're saying your budget for 500 million is compared to 700 million. <laughs> well, I think it's because of the state <laughs> hey, taxes. Though, hey, you got you got you got to plan for it. You got to plan for it. <laughs> oh, trust so, me, I fantasize all the time. So that's, like I said, everyone probably has had this discussion with friends or family, but if you hit the, you know, mega millions and let's say half a billion, you got $500 million in your bank account tomorrow. Aside from, you know, the logical discussion of meeting with the financial advisor and all that, what, what would you say the first six months you guys would get done? Oh. Not a, first? not a lot. Not a lot. I would spend a lot, but I wouldn't get shit done. No, I, um, I thought about it a lot. Like you know, I think a couple of years ago when it was it was also high up. Like I had written down a list. Like I bought my ticket. And I was like, what would I do with it? Like I think like a lot of us, a lot of us in this group, like you know, looking at starting a nonprofit um, as a as a as a person that has a massive ego, I would get a, a building at my alma mater with my name on it. Um, <laughs> and then obviously help my family with uh, debt and sort of getting them set up. But, oh, yeah. God, what I would do. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm going to have to take a moment. <laughs> Just make sure to turn off the camera and mic, please. No two moments, please. What would you do, T-Bone? Oh, a, a yacht, yacht, and live in the Mediterranean or Caribbean for a while. Okay, you said six bone, months. Uh, please do yeah. not take the lump sum. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, James, I would, you know, take half of it and give it T-Bone, to Brian. Take the lump sum. More. Come talk to me. Take and the lump sum. I'm gonna get a yacht, and we're gonna be doing pods off the yacht, <laughs> all around the world. <laughs> but no, I've always wanted a boat to sail around. Like I always thought that'd be kind of fun. So like I would just get a start on that dream, basically. Mm, okay. So, I mean, you know, if a $30,000 boat isn't like big, very Kennedy to like yeah. 70, 50 million, you know, <laughs> what would you, what would you do? Prof K? What would you buy? Oh man, this is such a tough question. And like, it's interesting because V and I uh, discussed this yesterday after not having bought a ticket. So I don't know why we're discussing it, but I, I was just kind of curious. So, you know, what we would do if, if we did buy a ticket and we ended up winning. Um, and like we have like a somewhat structured approach. So like the first thing we would do is kind of contact each other, say like, hey, this happened. What is going on? <laughs> yeah, that's a good start. I <laughs> uh, haven't heard from Prof K in a few days. <laughs> we bought those lottery tickets and he's just been gone. <laughs> uh, but I think immediately after that, like before even doing anything else, just reaching out to some form of a financial advisor um, like not even like going out to dinner. Yet. Prof K, like, I said logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget the forget the like the smart thing you do. What would be the fun things? Obviously, we would all talk to somebody who's a financial advisor. Okay, right? all right, all right. Or start our own investment firm. No, no. no. that kind of money, we could do whatever the fuck we you want. Start a venture capital firm, but not a financial firm. I don't want to advise anybody. No, no, yeah, no. Okay, yes, I agree with what what Zaddy said. We'll go with Zaddy's plan. Right. I, I think. Like there's been a lot of studies that have been looking at the outcomes of successful 
um, lottery winners. And when they did like classify success, this means um, they still have money after a couple of years, but also mental health, general health, and like physical health uh, and emotional well-being. And all those aspects really look at um, moderate non-luxury spending. So this could be things like uh, buying a $30,000 boat instead of like a $30 million boat. Um, also helping out kind of like family members and close friends. I think the tough part is like disclosing that. Um, in a lot of instances, individuals who um, have won the lottery, they primarily come from low socioeconomic statuses and then they are now like ultra rich. And so you're living in two separate worlds and that has caused a lot of issues. So I, I, I don't know if the hard part for me is if I would disclose that to people. Like if I didn't have to say it in the news, if I would actually tell people that I won the lottery or if I would try to live a somewhat normal life still. So so you wouldn't say it on the podcast? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think offline, it's like a lot of, tris- a lot of trips to Disneyland. We would do, you know, mm-hmm. was it Club 21? I think it was Club 21. Yeah. yeah. Club 21. So or Club Thirty Three, that's another one too. I, oh, that's I think like it was only, right? Yeah, Club Thirty Three. Oh yeah, there's two, right? There yeah. might be two. I know for All sure right. Club Thirty Three is one in Disneyland. I don't know about Disney World. That might be maybe. One, maybe but. I'm not thinking of Club Twenty One. It's something Twenty One where you have to pay like a quite exorbitant amount for, but it's like a single day of like amazing like food and it's like it's uh, it's great. Club Thirty Three, I think, is the one like you have to be invited to. Yeah, the secret but, hidden one. Yeah, that's cool. We've, actually, you know what? Let's take it one step further. We'll rent out the whole park just for us and our families. Ooh, that'd be kind of cool. Right? No way. Star Wars <laughs> land just for us. Yeah, we'd hit all the rides so many times. Oh, yes. And uh, open bar. Open bar. <laughs> Sorry. No, it was so good. Zaddy right in my face. I was just like, uh, yes, daddy, please. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh my God, so good. All right, I'm getting I'm getting some feedback from our manager. We got the lines going. I think we got someone in the room. I think we're getting them in here. Oh, all right, here we go. Hello, caller number four. You're live with Real Talk with the boys. How are you doing today? What's up, dudes? <laughs> Hello, caller number four. You want to tell us your name and where you're calling can you guys from? Hear me? Yes, we can. Hold on, I can't hear you guys. Uh oh. Damn interns! Damn intern! <laughs> One fucking job. Do we need to start paying them? Like I don't understand. Maybe no, we, we need to pay the manager. Oh. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> All right, can you hear us now? Yeah, I can hear you guys. Uh, it was my sound settings. Awesome. So, okay, caller, tell us your name and where you're from. Uh, my name is Xiaotong Ma. Uh, I, uh, I'm calling from Oakland, California. Very nice. Welcome. How, how is it out in the, uh, in the Oakland area? Uh, cloudy and rainy the last couple days, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, not bad otherwise. Nice. So have you ever heard of our mystery sound game? Are you familiar? Do you need us to break down the rules? Uh, I heard a little bit, but I could use a refresher. Gordo, you want to go ahead and break down the rules for our listener here? Sure. So what we're going to do is play a little snippet of a sound. You will get three guesses. And if uh, you need a hint, Zaddy will provide you a hint, maybe one or two. Um, But if you get it correct on one of the three guesses, 
essentially this month we're just donating to the Barstool Fund, which is helping small businesses by donating to them as a COVID relief form. Um, but I should say that every caller has gotten uh, the answer correct in our short history. So I would highly encourage you not to be the first one not to get it wrong. You mean the first one to get it wrong? Yeah, I don't want him to be the first one to not get it correct. Oh, okay. Although, All right. Will he be able to see the video feed that you have shared the screen with and know what the sound is going to be since he has his video on? Ideally, you shouldn't be able to see my screen, right? Yep, I see your screen. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which screen do you see? You don't see my, do think, you see my window? Uh, I, it's like a, it's a blank screen right now. You don't see a browser? No. Okay, you see good. Like we're good. We're safe. Background? What's that? I got smoke, like, like the red, yeah. blue. Okay, okay. I was trying okay. to make it, I was like, I don't know if it's smoke or a cloud or flowers or, or what it is, but yeah. <laughs> It's whatever you want it to be. It's art. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and give it a sound or a listen. Make sure the volume's up, and here we go. You were able to hear that? I I heard it. I was trying to. All right, first guess. Uh Bubble wrap, maybe. Ooh, that's that's a, a good stretch. guess. That was that's a good, a good guess. guess. It's not correct, but it was a good guess. <laughs> oh man! All right. <laughs> yeah, you want to listen to it? Play it again, T Bone. Yeah, right. yeah. Let's hear it again. Uh Would you like to call for a hint? Yeah, I could use a hint. Zaddy. You gotta say that everyone phrase. does this. Everyone does this every day. Is, is that is it like uh, like popping your knuckles? Is that that sound? Oh, another good guess. It, it involves your fingers. You're right. Ooh, okay. That's a very good hint. Play it again, T Bone. All right, one more time. Final guess, caller. Uh, snapping your fingers? No. Oh, so close. Oh. <laughs> all great guesses. All great guesses. It was iPhone keyboard typing. Oh. <laughs> that makes sense now. Okay. Well, then, silver just... lining, caller, you are now in the uh, history book for this podcast as the first incorrect answer. <laughs> true champion true champion if, if you want to tell Gloria to fuck off I support it <laughs> I, I, I mean I'm still in the history books I guess exactly silver lining <laughs> hell yeah that's the way to look at it another silver lining through the month of January we'll still be donating to Barstool Fund so even though we didn't, we didn't get the sound right we're still making that donation this week so Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, caller. We appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for calling in, brother. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you. Adios. Smash that subscribe button. Yeah, make sure you <laughs> smash that subscribe button. <laughs>
I honestly have to say, I didn't see, I didn't look up the the mystery sound, and I was like, oh fuck, what is? I can't give it, and I don't know. <laughs> You're like, I thought it was popping. I, I, thought it was I, I was like, I, I agreed. I was like, it sounds about right. So like, as he was guessing, he, I pulled it up. I was like, oh thank God you didn't ask her a hit too soon. <laughs> Z would have told him he was correct. <laughs> to my knowledge, you're not wrong. My hint is my hint would have been it is not bubble wrap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, too funny. Alrighty. So do you guys want to jump into this mutual enemies thing or do you want to hit into some movie club? Where you guys want to go? Let's do mutual enemies. I really love this clip. Before we play it, let me just set it. Let me just give you some context. You know, I think one of the things, at least my petty ass misses, is being able to uh, air our grievances with our our colleagues in the office about our other colleagues, um, and really, you know, build those bonds, right? You know, and if you think back to college, you mock somebody, and you're like, oh, we're best friends now. And and I think this video sort of emulates that experience, um, and really find it funny again we'll put it in the show notes i highly recommend it to everybody if you're sad watch it, it makes you laugh every time okay uh, technical difficulty crap sorry i thought we had this preloaded freaking interns man oh, side note i'm working on my spin like johnny johnny lawrence i'm getting there you need a headband you're getting hell yeah we all need headbands Alrighty, so just play the whole thing. First, yeah, for the real, for the real, uh, real talk with the boys, headbands. Yes, merch. Oh yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Whole thing. If you guys want to, if you guys want to stop, we can. Okay. I'm Akila. Nice to meet you. Hey, how are you liking the office? I like it. Fun office. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who's on your team? I have uh, Lauren, mm -hmm. Marina, mm -hmm. Charlie. Charlie. Oh. You know Charlie? Yeah. Yeah, I like I like I like Charlie. Mm -hmm. T-Bone is your Wi-Fi Metro PCS. Also like Charlie. No why? It can be interesting. Yes. Is it bad? Sometimes he it's might. Pretty framey. Just a tad <laughs> bit much. Okay, honestly, I fucking hate him. You're about to talk shit. <laughs> we are clipping that. That is going to become a new clip. Mm -hmm. What are you guys doing in here? Nothing. Are you talking about Charlie? Who's Charlie? Why do you ask? <laughs> no reason. I like Charlie. But I will say, sometimes he can be a little much. Yeah, I know our listeners can't see this, but you need to watch this video. This is are you guys talking about Charlie? Yeah, you want to get on this? Yeah, hit this shit, bitch! <laughs> Actually, you didn't got to. You took At the end of the day, we're all one. Each one of us is just a different note in this grand symphony There's of life. Prof K. I mean, did you ever think about that? 
No, I forgot they were a symphony. I mean, look, this is America, so you can do whatever you want, but... I got to tell people they were wrong! Uh, one of my favorite, favorite classic. videos. That's I watch, I've watched this video a thousand times. Again, like I said, anytime I'm like in a funk, watch it and start giggling. <laughs> Highly recommend. Yeah, you gotta, you, you need to clip that. Okay, hey, honestly, I fucking hate him. We're about to talk shit. <laughs> <laughs> we are that. Uh, I also feel like we have a mutual enemy deserves to be clipped. We have a mutual enemy. <laughs> Whatever we want to talk crap, you know, that's what's going to be. So how do you guys feel? Do you feel like you sort of miss this experience with your coworkers? Like, obviously, this is over dramatized, uh, dramatized. But I do think, you know, having those sort of, you know, interpersonal interactions where you could sh sort of just vet your frustrations like, oh, you know, Gordo did that. That was so silly. Uh, <laughs> making us set that deadline. <laughs> Dang T-Bone and his weird thoughts on the project. <laughs> what, what are your guys' thoughts? Well, I'm definitely going to make a, the break room a no shit talking zone after this. <laughs> the break room is a safe space to say whatever you yeah, want. Straight up. Free speech zone. Pow. Like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I do miss that. I miss uh, more so like uh, where I work, it's very, we talk a lot about sports. And so just that, you know, I just miss talking about like just the games over the weekend or the during the weeknight. And, you know, I just, I do miss that conversation piece of it just because a lot of those guys used to play like sports in college or, um, and so just to hear their perspective as opposed to just listening to ESPN all day, I do miss that for sure. I know personally, I found like, you know, before going into lockdown and quarantine, I'd, I'd started on a new project. So I'd gotten to just meet a couple of the folks on the project. Um, and fortunately, I'd known some of them. And, and overall, my, my coworkers are, are very personable. But you miss out on those interpersonal interactions where you can just say something stupid and they get it. You know, I've, I've caught myself saying something via, you know, uh, you know Skype messages and they, they're, they're not picking up on the sarcasm. So it's like, <laughs> I swear I'm not an Asshole. I swear I'm not an asshole. <laughs> like I am, but like I wasn't trying to be an asshole. <laughs> I, I yes, Daddy, please. please. <laughs> I, I don't know the theory behind it, but I think there is like some kind of social bonding when there is like mutual pain or a mutual enemy. And I think that is a, kind of somewhat important in a, a work environment. And so Working from home all the time, I think, takes away from that that bonding experience. It's, it's kind of yeah. like why everyone hates like like the same professors or the same faculty because mm. you know it's a common enemy. It's something that you can actually come together about, even if you have differences in so many other different things. So I I, I think that is kind of really important that we're not just us, but I think a lot of people are missing out on. Hopefully, we'll be back soon. Yeah, maybe this fall. I think that's looking more and more what's like. uh what's it called uh to building back better yeah i was gonna look up the clip <laughs> can i just say beyond your freedom hey how I awesome was that zoolander clip oh, oh that yeah. was hilarious happy, happy. i'll have to go back and watch i don't know what the reference is from zoolander 
when he's getting I, I, Yeah, how is, is that related to where we're at now in life? I said oh, yeah, no, that's on CNN. The Instagram chat. You know, sometimes we over-communicate, you guys. I sort of get lost. <laughs> I'm just going to like these messages because it's safer to like than not to say anything at all. <laughs> Gordo, I will go back and look at what you messaged. I, no, don't do it. It's, it's lost now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I saw some conspiracy things from uh, T-Bone, and I was like, okay, I'm caught up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I poisoned our conversation. <laughs> Did, did any of you guys, this is a complete segue and nothing related to what we wanted to talk about today, but did any of you guys watch the first press house, um, the press secretary briefing where uh, Dr. Fauci was able to come on? No, I haven't seen that one. So first and foremost, go watch it. He he throws a lot of shade, which I, you know, I sort of wish he didn't, but I also am like, you know what, for the year he's been through, I respect that he's like, fuck it, I'm free. <laughs> But the the one thing I really wanted to talk about going back to like the just lockdown and pandemic and and we touched on it earlier is the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. How he says it is so weird. He's like, you know, and and we're really excited about the the J and J and then like pauses and then goes onsen and it's just like the weirdest thing. I'm like, you mean Johnson and Johnson? Like Dr. Fauci, what's wrong? What's wrong? Did he do it like multiple times? <laughs> what are you times? trying to <laughs> Yeah. So he's like so J Johnson. So, yeah, it was. I didn't know. I was like, I'm pretty certain they're just called Johnson and Johnson. Yeah. Um. So we should definitely include that part in our show notes. But I think it is worth watching because the amount of shade that man throws, very respectfully, I think he 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 does his best to not be a complete. Um. Like, yeah, I fucking hated the last couple months. Um. But he does it very closely, where you're like, oh, I know how you feel, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I mean, I, I'm glad you kind of brought it up because I wasn't sure how to bring it up, but I did watch the first press briefing that they did with the new lady and uh, the Jen, whole... Jen Saki. I like her. She's not my Kaylee girl. She's not Kaylee, but I, was, like, I like her. There was one part where like a Catholic news organization asked her a question on Biden's uh, stance on abortion. The Hyde and, Amendment. Well, my biggest problem was the way she answered it was that, well, he's just a devout Catholic. And I'm like, well, you know what that means, right? Yeah, what no she's abortions. saying is, is <laughs> personally, he's he's pro-life, but he's a Democrat. Let's not really get into it just yet. Today's day one. That's what yeah, she no, said. I don't, without- no, I don't disagree that, but she should have said it like that instead of the way she said it, because the way she said it was just like, I don't know. I, it, it wrote me very, very wrong. Well, what I just said would have been an entire week's worth of news. And let's be clear. We got bigger shit to fry. <laughs> That's the thing. You got to distract him, man. You got you know, you to give him something to feed on so you can get your actual work done. But that's we're saving that for Conspiracy Corner. Are you guys ready to get into uh, the movie night with the boys? I don't know if that's what we want to call this segment or not, but I think it's a cool name. Yeah. Let's do it. The first thing we watched was Midnight Sky. Come in, Ether. This is Barbo Observatory. Are you receiving this? Is anyone out there? This is Ether. Does any one copy? We're not receiving anything. That puts our last contact with Mission Control out. Three weeks. Why? 
because it's so quiet. Now, before we get into it, I, I do want to preface that um, the majority of us did watch the movie. So uh, I want to go with the, you know, I always feel weird saying hashtag out loud because what's the point of saying the hashtag? You're not visually seeing it. It's not actually tagging anything. But I would say hashtag no spoilers for anyone who <laughs> hasn't seen it yet. Potentially, because there's, you know, there's some big things that are going on um, later on in the film. But um, how did you guys want to approach this? Yeah, no, feel free to hit that uh, skip button ahead, that 30-second jump for a few times just so you can avoid any spoilers, but we're getting into spoilers. Or I'm ready to discuss it if you guys are. Prof K, what are your initial thoughts? I will say, so I didn't know anything about this movie until I actually saw it. All I did know was um, George Clooney was in it, um, that he had a beard, and it was (laughs) sci-fi related. This is just based off of the poster. Um, So as, as the movie started... Um, there was quite a bit going on. Um, and I think that's like a good movie start where you're, you're kind of just thrown into it. There isn't really dialogue to get you up to speed. And you kind of had to piece together certain things. But I was expecting the movie to go into a heavy sci-fi route. And it it definitely did. I mean, there was it's I would say it's like a drama uh, in a sci-fi setting. Um, a little bit like Interstellar, not to maybe the degree of like the science fiction in there, but Interstellar was really about the relationship with, between Matthew McConaughey and his daughter. This was very similar to that. It was a relationship between a father and kind of the lost time, the maybe misused time where he f- focused so much on his research and now coming back and realizing like he ha- would have rather spent that time with his daughter. And that's kind of why he had the realization and like this, um, I'm not sure if the right term, but like this phantom daughter appeared throughout the majority of the film. And I will say one thing that was like good and bad, like the the indiv- like individual they casted as the daughter looks so much like the the mother or uh, as the actual daughter, like the the adult daughter, that early on um, we were kind of assuming that they were the same person, just because they look so alike. Like the eyes were like oddly look very close to each other. Crispy blue, crisp. Right, and like the. I think she, I forget the actress's name, but she, like, her eyes are very distinct compared to a lot of other individuals. And so we had that assumption kind of very early on. But regardless of that, the emotions that you have throughout the film, I think, like, it it was way better than the actual, um, like, surprise at the end. So I, we, we really enjoyed it. Um, And I, once again, when I'm expecting a sci fi movie and I don't get that, I'm usually unhappy. But this Mm -hmm. time I I really enjoyed it. I, I was very happy that with the way it turned out. T-Bone, what were your thoughts? Same. I mean, I kind of, I mean, I didn't know what I was, I guess I kind of watched the trailer, so I kind of knew what I was getting into, but um, yeah, no, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it I think kind of like you're saying, it's definitely more of like a future-esque kind of like movie instead of like more of a sci-fi movie. So like, I totally think it'd be feasible to have like a giant ship like that, that goes out to like a planet or back. I mean, they did a similar S type thing for the Martian with uh, Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. So like that was kind of a similar setup with that. But when they were outside of the spaceship trying to fix it, I was like stressed <laughs> AF. Like I was like, get back inside. Like that poor girl. I was just like, I was like stressed for them, even though I knew it was all fake or whatever. But just the idea or like putting myself in that, like you mess up. That's it. You're floating into space and you're gone forever. You know what I mean? Like that's just so uh, it was insane. It was intense. But no, I loved part, it. This is what I'm not, I'm not too familiar with in terms of space, but like. 
that's not how they do it, right? You don't just like clamp un like clamp on something, unclamp, and just like toss yourself to another bar. Like there, there has to be a better system for that, right? No, that's how they do it. The, I think they have like, uh, but they have like, uh, what was it? They gravity. Jet yeah, they have like kind of like jetpacks, like in that movie with Anne Hathaway, where they kind of like use yeah. it to propel like them. Propel them. Yeah. So if they do go far away, they can kind of have more control over flying around. But Wait, I so believe th- when they're going out onto the space station and stuff, <laughs> like, like they full on. Yeah. No, that's what I the spacewalks like are. OSHA would be very unhappy with this process. <laughs> I feel like OSHA doesn't really get to tell them. I don't think they have jurisdiction in space. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I feel like there should be something that tethers them at all times to the space station or the shuttle in in the event something like, you know, you cough or sneeze, like, oh, shoot. And then you kind of, like, start floating off. You hold the cough and sneeze until you're locked in. Like, Well, I mean, it wouldn't matter because you'd just be coughing in your suit, so it would have any effect. But I see what you're saying, like, if you pu- accidentally push yourself off yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, well, the idea is, I mean, like, I think like it's kind of like they did in the movie, like before you move to the next spot, you tether one tether and then tether the other tether, untether it. Like, it's kind of like rock climbing is the way I would think about it. Did they do like that? But did they have two? I, I think I only yeah. noticed two at the very end of the, the beginning portion. I only saw one, but that could have just been my oversight. I mean, I noticed like and it was similar because I was thinking a similar thing, too, until the end of that scene when I saw that it was like it seemed like they had two of them. Um, oh, OK. But yeah, either way. Right. Sorry, Zaddy, I completely went went off topic. (laughs) No, 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 no. Those are all great things. I just, I have a lot of thoughts on this movie. First and foremost, fan-fucking-tastic. Just a great fucking movie. I I was talking to Prof K and Gordo a little earlier about it and saying how I was not wanting to watch it. I was like, all right, the boys said we're watching this. I'm going to watch it. In my head, I just sort of assumed it was going to be like a dystopian movie just about George Clooney and the girl and how he has to protect her. And I was like, okay, we all know where this is going, blah, 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 blah. And I was wrong. (laughs) And unlike Prof K, I did not make the connection that it was a phantom daughter. I was like, where is this girl's mother? Why aren't you protecting her? Why is no one answering? So I I, I just, the entire movie, I was like, they're going to save her. They're going to rescue her. It's going to be great. Everything's going to be fine. And now that I look back, I'm like, oh, they, they gave us a lot of fucking clues. I'm an idiot. Uh, well, other that thing. thing was sinking in the ice, like right there. I didn't oh, even think about oh, it. She yeah. never really touched anything. Like he exactly. was doing that all himself, but you don't pay attention because it's just so intense. And like, yeah. I crazy. First and foremost, I was like, how did this piping blow? Like, I forgot they were in Antarctica and they were on sheets of ice. I was like, where the fuck is this water coming from? <laughs> like, afterwards, I was like, oh, yeah, they're on their ice. It melts. Global warming. Um, conspiracy. <laughs> Climate gate. <laughs> but I do just have to say also one of the best, I think I think the, the, uh, the, uh, character that stole the movie was george clooney's fucking beard god that was such a beautiful beard i i i have so much beard envy for for great beards and like you know unfortunately our our, not unfortunately our, our listeners can't see it i was growing a beard at some point and then i tried to trim it and then i like made an error and i was like i gotta shave over and i'm just like i just want to have a fucking sexy beard like george clooney that it was primary i think maybe that was what really influenced my like of this movie was just like man I, I if i had that beard i would just be playing with it the entire time 
<laughs> the other thing I had, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I feel like a lot of like futuristic sci-fi movies use the same architecture of like weird triangles to build mm. things. And I'm like, I know triangle triangles are structurally sound, but I'm like, they all use the exact same freaking triangles. And I'm like, is this like a, is this science or is this just like, this looks futuristic. So I, I don't know. I felt weird about it, but I was like, maybe I'm just not seeing something. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. But I think it's like, so triangles on its own, it's a very structurally sound kind of system. So when you see like bridges being built, you see a lot of triangles going into there. Um, and so the other thing to think about is in these space stations, they don't have like unlimited supplies, but they most likely have some version of a 3D printer. And so they want to conserve resources as much as possible. So they have a lot of gaps and that's where. Oh, uh, God. So fucking smart. So fucking <laughs> smart. God. The, the more you know with a boy. Handsome, intelligent, gentlemanly. Like, God, V, v really won the lottery. <laughs> Going back to our old <laughs> so so would you guys say we would give Moonlight Sky the real midnight. talk stamp of a oh clearly I didn't know the name. Uh Midnight Sky. <laughs> do do we give the real talk stamp of approval for Midnight Sky? I would say yes. All right. Midnight Sky gets the real talk stamp of approval. Gordo, we know you haven't watched it, so we're not judging, but we are shaming you. I'm sorry. Um, we want to hear your take once you get a chance to watch it. Now you have to watch it because we put our stamp on it. So all right, I, will. I feel like we also told you everything, so you're going to be like, oh. <laughs> This is like what my nightmares are made of. <laughs> If you're anything like me, I love spoilers. I'm like, I didn't see that coming, but I already knew it was coming. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> I love it. All right, should we shift gears then? You guys want to talk some WandaVision? Yeah. I feel like that's, I feel like that's some hot goodness right now. Oh, so good. Oh. Gordo, do you want to get into it once we show the clip? Yes. All right, you can take the wheel. Wanda and Vision, aren't we a fine pair? This is our home now. I want us to fit in. Oh, this is gonna be a gas! Where did you two move from? How long have you been married, and why don't you have children yet? Our story. I think what my wife means to say is that we moved from... Moved from where? Married when? Damn it, why? Oh, Arthur, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Really happened. Like days of old, the lighting the spark of love that fills me. Am I dead? No. Why would you think that? Because you are. <laughs> oh, so good. All right, so everyone's watched the first two episodes. Prof K has not watched the third yet. Um, <laughs> So the first two, you know, and again, no free ads. There's this podcast that I listened to. I sent to the boys um, called Not Another Movie Pod. And they just kind of really break down what they thought the first two episodes. I'm really anxious to see what they say about this third one. But it's just so different than your typical MCU, you know, movie from what so far what we've seen, you know, and 
Um, this is the first mini series that we've all been kind of been teased for the past year and a half, right? Because Loki was was not pushed out, and then Black Widow was not pushed out, and then Captain America, and um, what was Winter that Soldier. Winter Soldier, yeah, that one wasn't pushed out. So this one finally, you know, I'm really glad that they did two episodes here because I think it was needed, you know. And if you would have watched that first one and then you had to wait another week, I don't know if you would have had the same kind of just gusto as far as I, I got to watch this next one, but. I'm just curious what your guys' theories are, you know, as far as what we've seen so far in episodes one and two, and now three, obviously, like, I have no idea what to think. I feel like they're in this world that is being manipulated by a third party, and there's so many crazy underlying hints and throughout the mo- throughout the episodes, like the commercials, there's Hydra stuff, there's Stark stuff, um, there's that one on symbol and at the end of the first episode i think it was where the guy's watching the episode and they zoom out and like his little notepad has the sword um i forget what that was for but that was that meant that meant something as well so if i again no idea what is happening but if i had to guess i would say that someone is obviously manipulating the characters to their mold and whenever wanda or vision uh do something that is not part of the programming uh, and they kind of start to ask what's really going on or they start to notice clues of other characters, then someone hits a rewind and program goes on as normal. And maybe as the episodes continue, um, the whoever is that third party will start to have less and less control over Wanda and Vision. And then like they start to maybe fight back. I don't know. But I do think that the lady that was super helpful to Wanda in the first episode with the dinner and everything, like she's, she's gotta be an integral role in something like something's up with her. She just, she knows. And I don't want to say too much in the third episode yet, Prof K, but you know, when you see that episode, she says it even more, you know, it just seems like she really knows what's going on mm-hmm. more so than uh, Wanda and vision. And then Geraldine really in episode three, you know, you'll see kind of what's going on there. But I'm just I'm curious what you guys think is going on. Well, just to quickly touch on the sword symbol. So, I mean, we know about shield, right? Right. So sword is their opposite in the comics. So that's at least what I'm thinking that symbol is, is that it's this for the sword organization and sword stands for something. It's an acronym. Um, So what does sword do? Are they like outer space people? Mm -hmm. Well, it's like so. Yeah, I think they're more so about being like a, a offense Whereas shield would be like the defense of Earth, sword would be like the offense of Earth. So they oh, so they're together? not necessarily the good people. They're not good guys. Then I I, I don't so really hundred percent know. When I was looking at it, yes. Yeah, so the the takeaway is that that symbol does represent sword. It is an offshoot of shield that it operates autonomously of shield. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting to see how it plays into the um, MCU verse because. Shield is sort of like not together. So has Sword become this sort of um, faction group that's really doing their own thing? That's good or bad? Like, yeah, I, I thought the same thing. Like, I, like when you saw that Notebook in Episode One, you were like, "What the fuck does that mean?" That's a that is an yeah. obvious clue. Was not <laughs> something that we all were like, "Oh, what does that mean?" It was like this means something. So is, is WandaVision like part of like MCU canon, or is it like it's? in its own universe. 
I think it's within the the entire. I think it's phase four, right? Yeah. So I was gonna. I was just about to say. I uh, so an article that I put into the show notes. Um, there's no spoilers in it, but the guy who plays Vision talks about how like the ramifications of WandaVision is going to affect the entire MCU and how we view the MCU. Like it's going to fundamentally change things is kind of what at least the kind of the article goes into. And uh, I believe the, I think the Kevin Feige, I think is his name. He also has like a few words in here as well too. But the idea is that like, I mean, yeah, who knows? I mean, I think has something to do with the, you know, Mind Stone, right? Something there. It's something with Wanda because just when you see in the first episode or the second end of the second episode, I feel like she kind of reco- maybe controlled that reverse, you know, mm-hmm. because she just yep. saw that that beekeeper, right? It was like a beekeeper guy come out of like the sewer, and she was just like, no, and then like really like it seemed like she was kind of pushing. That was yeah, end of episode you know? two. Yeah, so I feel like she like while they may control some of the rewind stuff, I feel like she's also trying to keep this going because, again, like yeah, I feel like. I just don't know but if then, she knows, like, but I feel like internally she's like trying to maybe like just a maybe it's a self defense thing. I don't know. But then he, maybe, and then I guess that would kind of support what happened in episode three, where Geraldine's bringing up her brother, and you know, Spoilers. yeah, well, yeah, but she and her brothers, and she's like, you know, you know who killed him, and and um, and even uh, Wanda starts singing to the babies in Sokovia, you know, so Mm -hmm. as much like that makes sense that she's controlling it possibly to a certain degree, but it also bears a question like, why, why does she want to control it? Like what's the purpose behind it? So this is my take. I don't know if you guys, do you guys ever watch the agent of shield show on ABC? No, I mean a few episodes, but I never really got into it. So there is this whole, there's this whole show that's sort of the shield operations post, um, Avengers, um, Age of Ultron. So this is, you know, several years back. But if you if you remember from first Avengers, Agent Coulson is dead, right? Loki kills mm-hmm. him. Um, yeah. And in the show, they bring him back. He's alive. And there's this whole thing about Tahiti and how S.H.I.E.L.D. brought him back to life. I really think that storyline plays into this, where they're, they're bringing... Um, vision back to life right they're restoring him wanda's helping them they're they're really trying to bring him on in increments right like if they put too much like you're dead now you're alive it's going to be overwhelming so they're pri- they're trying to like bring him back um in segments i don't know again just a theory as we can all tell i'm not usually right on most things so uh that go ahead I was going to say, I think you might have nailed it, though, because if you think about it, he's basically just a computer like in the, you know, in mm-hmm. uh, Affinity Wars, they're talking about all the neural like, you know, connectors that she was trying to get through. Like, we don't really know. I mean, we know that she obviously didn't remove it, but. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, I yeah, do just, just have just to curious. say after like like seeing the sword symbol in the first episode and like looking into it and s- s- reading up more about the sword as an entity within Marvel there is one character within the organization that's a human tiger. And I'm like, I want to fucking see that. That's going to be badass. <laughs> like, that's all, like from my research, that was my takeaway. I was like, I want to see this fucking tiger, man. <laughs> yes, Eddie, please. <laughs> I didn't know about a tiger man, but I'm down. Right. That sounds but badass. I, I just have to say, I agree with Gordo is if, if they had released episode one on its own, I probably would have been like, fuck this. This is stupid. Yeah. Like, yeah for sure. 
it's just it, it really i think i think it's good and bad like it plays into our decades old sitcoms right like that's the point of the show right like mm-hmm. we look at like the very first episodes it's i love lucy it builds into like that 70s show and etc and again i might just be misinterpreting it but like i think if we had just had episode one we would have all been like this is exactly what at least for me i was like wanda and vision suck they're supposed to be the most powerful but they suck <laughs> And I was like, that was my fear. I was like, this is gonna suck, like them. <laughs> and you know, I, I would like completely agree with that because when we first saw it as well, like we when I when I grew up and even watching older shows, I've never really gone into I Love Lucy and sitcoms from that era. When it when it's more recent ones like Seinfeld, Friends, those are like the sitcoms that I I kind of grew up with. And so I wasn't really drawn into that component of the show. Uh, from the first two episodes but the overarching show that's what i'm so far interested in but i I think if what you're saying is true then like if there's a progression throughout the episodes to more recent kind of forms of media i think that's going to grab my attention even more so i'm looking at just some theories right now prof kid do you want to hear one or no no go for it i probably just kind of bounce back between mute and unmute (laughs) <laughs> well, you have to turn off the sound if you mute yourself. It doesn't. Right, right. Yeah. Theories don't mean they're real, though. Theories are just theories. Yeah, okay, but it's so like this is you're planting a seed. Yeah. <laughs> oh. This is a theory from uh, the mediocre critic on Reddit. I guess he's pretty well known for his theories. Mm-hmm. I heard and he's so... pretty mediocre. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so he said each episode or pair of episodes will be about the stage of grief. The first two episodes are being about denial in episodes one and two. In episodes one and two denies the outside world and even fix and rewinds part of her own fantasies to help deny the truth that Vision is dead. I think that Doctor Strange is actively trying to lead her through the five stages of grief because of how dangerous her subconscious has become. Though she is unconscious and unaware, her grief creates real-world consequences, fracturing reality and opening up the multiverse of madness. The beekeeper is trying to do the exact opposite. He is trying to throw her deeper into depression and grief, causing more destruction in the real world. Does he speculate who the beekeeper is? Is that her subconscious? No, he just said so before that little uh, clip, he just said that obviously, you know, Kevin Feige has has confirmed that this will lead and have a huge part. This series will have a huge lead into Doctor Strange's um, next movie, The Multiverse of Madness. And so what he wanted to do was kind of explain why he thinks that Dr. Strange has a huge play in what's going on right now in this little alter world. Yeah, fuck my theory. That sounds way cooler. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think your theory might be right. Like, it's a combo of both. Like, maybe Dr. Strange eventually sees what's happening and goes to save her or some shit like Mm -hmm. that. Maybe. Because, I mean, as of right now, I mean, we I mean, just kind of looking at it like she does seem to be contained within something. And I didn't even really think about that. Like maybe because of everything they're doing this to contain her powers yeah, within a certain area. Yeah. That's genius. super deep. Well, what's crazy, too, is, you know, that Wanda and Pedro are technically Magneto's twin children. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping I'm fingers crossed. I'm hoping they bring the Magnetos into this. That would be so dope. So I, I don't want to segue this, but I'm going to. So I guess I was a lie. But um <laughs> You know, with Disney's purchase, not purchase, acquire, acquisition, Acquisition. because now Disney owns, thank you, because Disney owns Marvel now, not Marvel, geez, because Disney owns Marvel and what, what am I trying to say? Give me a second. Okay. Star Wars? Uh, 
not X Men. Thank you. Jeez. All right. You're so welcome. because they own both um, Marvel and X Men, or because they own both properties now, we kind of had a discussion of V and I about how they would potentially integrate with with each other. Because I think one of the magic, part of the magic of the X Men franchise was their discussion of like really real world issues uh, within their universe. So uh, as you know, pretty much everyone's aware of now at this point that they have like a heavy discussion about race, about segregation and kind of the issues that occurred historically and kind of what that could potentially lead to. And I I feel like X-Men is usually a slightly darker version of like the superhero franchise, whereas Marvel, even though they sometimes can get into serious topics, it is relatively lighthearted and more fun. And I wasn't sure how they would seamlessly integrate with the with each other. I think the fanboy in me would absolutely love to see them together. I think that would be an amazing experience. But from a story perspective, I'm I'm very cautious about what could occur. Wasn't there talks that like uh, Deadpool Deadpool three is going to be a part of the MCU? It's um, official. You know, yeah, so I think that because Deadpool is a part of the X Men franchise and stories, I feel like he could be pulled in. But I think that's a good point because, right, uh, Deadpool is you know so adult, right? Like it is, it is not something that's family affiliated. How will they blend that in to make sure that it's seamless, right? Like all of us could watch all of them and it could connect. But like if I'm a you know for so you know for Sophia's standpoint, like. She might be able to watch some of the Marvel movies, but you guys might not let her watch the Deadpool movie. It, will there be a disconnect without being able to watch all of them? Um, so, you know, yeah. really getting us to think, Prof K. That's a, <laughs> I mean, that's a really good point. Um, and I feel like it, it would be possible, I think based off what you said, that you can kind of get the full picture without watching the Deadpool movies. Or they might, and I, I don't know if they would, but they could create like a PG cut of of a, a traditional Deadpool movie. They yeah. did that with a second a flashback, one, right? right? <laughs> um, and you know, I, I'm I'm, and we talked about this before. On I'm not sure if it was on the podcast or in normal discussions. I, I do like the superhero genre, but I do like the exploration of it into its various subgenres beyond that. Like I like the fun side. But I really like the serious tones. It has a like bright burn, bright burn. Yeah, that I, I thought that was an amazing movie. Not so, not too much interest in it. So I don't know if they're going to expand on it. But I think that other further exploration is important as we dive further into. Um, I think the superhero genre, just because it's becoming way more prevalent now. And I think if you don't do that, you get some stale movies, and I, I'm very yeah. fearful of that. So are we comfortable in saying that Wandavision gets our Real talk stamp of approval, or or where are we at on that? I'm I'm in between still. Uh, Gwen, I haven't seen the third Shut episode, so mouth. that could change. But I'm blasphemy. I'm always open to it. I always say for shows to give it one season. Um, obviously, I haven't done that with all the shows you guys recommended, but it's all my to watch list. <laughs> Game of Thrones. God, how long is that? It's list? okay, James. Just make sure you keep up with the the current pod stuff. That's all we want. Right, right. If we ever get back to Game of Thrones, then I'll have to catch up. <laughs> I mean, just it's watch up until it. the last season. It's not worth it. The last it. season, basically. Just like middle Don't of the last season. Heart. Don't break yeah. your heart. Don't break your heart. <laughs> Achy, breaky heart. 
So, so it, it seems like we're sort of torn. Maybe we're we're getting the ink dry for our our real talk stamp to place on Wandavision, but we're not all the way there just yet. Seems like T Bone and Gordo are are officially supporting it. Uh, Prof K is a little hesitant, and Zaddy, because I'm talking as a third person. <laughs> Wanda, Wanda, and Vision just give me a lot of reservations. <laughs> I, I will say because kind of what. Gordo was saying about this being like the first real, uh, I forgot the phrasing you used, but it's the first like kind of series that they release on Disney plus. Um, I don't think they're going to put something that's subpar out there. I think it's going to have an amazing story as it progresses. So I'm very, I'm very certain that by the end of the first season, it will get my stamp of approval. But as of now I am hesitant, but I'm sure that's going to change. I really would have loved the uh, Netflix model of just dropping all of them. Uh, I would have I would have binged them all a week ago and I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of analysis done on the Witcher series and how it wasn't potentially as successful as the start of Game of Thrones because of that model, because there wasn't the opportunity to discuss with people like what what's going to happen next week. Oh. So I can see why they didn't do that. Yeah, that's a fair point. The anticipation, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, they did like, it with like Mandalorian and stuff too. So, I mean, it wasn't a surprise when they kind of went forward with doing the same thing. And you get it's, people to stay as subscribers. Exactly. exactly. Disney's like, no, we want your money. <laughs> no free. We're ads. releasing our WandaVision toys soon. We can't, we can't drop them just yet. <laughs> oh, Are man. you guys ready to shift gears into Conspiracy Corner as we take us out today? Yes. Sounds good to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you guys some uh, awesome stuff today. So to follow up from last week, I just wanted to present you guys with, uh, I went and found the actual research that they did on remote viewing and paranormal phenomena. So this is a white paper, James, for you to deep dive into whenever you feel ready. Uh, I'm just going to give you a quick summary because it's kind of hefty. I don't even know how many pages, like 200 pages, a little much. (laughs) Anyways, in 1995, the U.S. Congress asked two independent scientists to assess whether the $2 million that the government had spent on psychic research had produced anything of value, and the conclusions to be somewhat unexpected. Professor Jessica Yutz, she's one of the main writers of this paper, uh, was a statistician, statistician, statistician. Thank you, James. Uh, from the University of California discovered that remote viewers were correct 34% of the time, a figure way beyond what chance guessing would allow. She says, using the standards applied to any other area of science, you have to conclude that a certain, that certain psychic phenomena, such as remote viewing, have been well established. The results are not due to chance or flaws of the, in the experiment. Wait, wait, so. just go back for a second. What is remote viewing again? Uh, so the, they're in a room, and they give them... They want them to either try to like view. So basically the idea is you have a psychic, someone who can pretty much view somewhere while being in another different physical place so that they can use their like ESP to then go and like see in a room like across the world. Or if they had like one of some of the experiments they did is they would have a picture in the other room and they'd be like, draw what's on that picture. And while it wasn't exactly like one was a kite and while it wasn't like exactly look like a kite, but it was like a square that was off shaped with like an X. So it did kind of match was like kind of one of the experiments they go into. But okay. that's kind of the well, at least like for this one, they kind of specifically focused on remote viewing. So like being in a physical different place and then using your like, I don't know, 
like Doctor Strange astral body type thing. Okay. If that makes sense. Mm-mm-mm. So I just wanted to make, you know, I wanted to follow up on that. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> just dive in, baby. Let me know what you think. It's a white paper. I'm bringing like science, you know? So, I mean, dig into I'll, it. I'll let you guys um, also dive and have a discussion as well. But I, when we talked about this last week too, whenever there is something that is really cool, and I say really cool, I mean like science fiction. So, aliens, um, remote viewing, which is a term I did not know before. I, I love that term. Um, I'm always skeptical because it, these aren't like closed um, box environments. Like, it's open to the world. And so, when you're talking about remote, remote viewing, I feel like there can be normal researchers that are looking further into this. And if it was, if it is a real thing and does exist, then why can't it be utilized for other types of events? Like, if couldn't the u.s government use this to like look into other countries um like secrets and things like that as well well that's the whole thing is that in the 60s the soviets and the u.s were both trying to do that because they had spent 20 million dollars trying to develop these programs but as we saw through the you know the research it says that basically is only you know accurate about 30 some percent of the time so i mean i think it would be cool but obviously i you know i am a very physical person i feel like that's coming off wrong i'm a person who believes in physicality hard evidence hard evidence Evidence. there we go (laughs) you need physical reality you need matter right and and so like when you talk about things like the spirit and things like that i i always question that as well so without reading it obviously i I can't give like a true opinion but based off of my current understanding and knowledge of like esp and um, and things like that. I'm going to say it's not true. And I think hmm. there's a lot of luck that goes into it. But that's just completely my opinion based off of just what I know up to this point. You are a resident professor, so <laughs> you are fully free to do that. What, what about the rest of the team? Like, what do you guys think? Do you guys think um, ESP is a thing? Like, do you guys think the, the non-physical world is uh, an actual thing or not? So are we talking about like astral projection? astral projection moving stuff with your mind we're talking about like kind of this like psychic phenomena i don't know about the psychic phenomenon but i mean i i think astral projection is is real i've, I've had friends who have gone through some serious stuff with that kind of stuff um and they've just given me just i don't know just kind of creepy stories about you know how they were able to see themselves sleeping and just looking over themselves and but that is a studied phenomenon that does occur but it's not like they're not actually seeing themselves do you think um, they're like, dreaming i think they're either dreaming or they're perceiving that they're kind of higher above themselves that's just, uh, just completely my opinion because that that is a studied phenomenon that, that i completely agree with that statement i don't know i think it's i don't know if it's i think it i don't know I feel like it's more than dreaming, but I do think that there's a level of illusion to it as well. But I mean, obviously, but just because he would say that he would he would see himself sleeping and then he would also see like other evils spirit wise mm. um, within the same realm of where he was. And and uh, he's not he's, he's a med school, uh, so he's not like just some dude who's just doing too much acid and just talking you know he's he's, he's that's he's, a side note that's just a side <laughs> note. um but, but so that, i don't know so for your friend does this usually occur 
it stopped. It was, he, he said it was. It, it no longer happens. It was when he was younger and he was going through like there's a lot of demon stuff going on. I, I, it's freaky. But he said one of the things that happened was the whole astro projection stuff. <laughs> it, j- just to be clear, of why we're all laughing? One of our members just happened to put on an aluminum aluminum hat. I, I don't know what the correct terminology for that is, but. <laughs> and, and we would all love you to guess who has the tinfoil hat. <laughs> it's going to be hard to guess. Put your answers right, in the comments right. below. Zaddy, take it off, please. <laughs> <laughs> what I do think is interesting, and we've, we've also discussed this in detail in the past. Like, I've had friends, I would say indirectly through you, who have had these events occur to them, like whether that be like night terrors or the projections or seeing demons. I have yet to experience it myself. And, you know, I'm sure if I ever did, I'll be like, oh man, I wish I didn't experience that. But I would love to experience it at least once to go like, oh wow, like this is what people are talking about. And I just think it's so odd that there is no scientific evidence behind it and that I have yet to feel it yet. I think it's so odd that you want to feel it. It's just like, you know, it's I'm, I'm the fear of missing out with a FOMO, you know? I'm, He's a I, scientist, Gordo. He's don't scientist. worry, James. We're going to be doing some live pods and some crazy places to try to find the paranormal. FOMO applied to, like, going out with the boys for a beer or seeing a movie. <laughs> Not being haunted by the exorcist for a night. Don't take away, don't take away his FOMO. <laughs> so what I think I'm really excited for is the fact that when we first started this, we all agreed that we'd stay at the hotel where The Shining no, was filmed and yes, based off did. of. So I'm play play the recordings. You and T Bone agreed. <laughs> Gordo and I agreed we'd be there. We wouldn't stay there. Hey yeah, Gordo, no, I, I have your back, have remember? Save us. <laughs> <laughs> Me and James will go and conduct the scientific experiments. Just, you know, hopefully come and save us if <laughs> Gordo and I are gonna be exploring day. the Rocky Mountain uh, nature reserve up there. You yes. guys are <laughs> Well, you guys are in the haunted hotel. Z and I will be in the only saloon in town getting very weird looks. <laughs> <laughs> You're not from around these parts, are you? <laughs> now that I say it, maybe we will join you eventually. <laughs> oh, man. What are you, uh, what are you doing, T-Bone? Sorry, I had a little technical difficulty with some water that ended up getting on a keyboard, so I was trying Ooh. to do this. Uh-oh. I mean, it's, it's not like a, it's like a keyboard attached to like a bigger computer so like i can just get a new keyboard it's not like a laptop so we're good oh, but good i will say like sucks you know we all know that like we only use 10 percent of our brains like yeah what if we used 100 percent? like i feel like i feel like that is a reasonable oh prof k tell me more I, maybe i just made that up so i i i'm so sorry i feel like that was extremely no, thank rude you. of me thank you James. no 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 you i was thinking you the same put me in my place put me in my place so there's like a lot of I forget where it originally started from, but there was like someone who originally said that individuals only use ten percent of their brains. But it was that movie we, with uh, was it Limitless? What's his name? No, it was the movie. Oh, maybe it was Limitless, but it was also the one with Scarlett Johansson and um, oh, Morgan Lucy. Freeman. Lucy. Yeah. Um, but in actuality, we use different parts of our brains at different times. So we use our brain to its totality, but just not at a single point in time. But each Fuck portion of your brain that. has I don't want to know that. I don't want to know that. I want to think I could have superpowers if I used my full potential. <laughs> no, but, but I think what you're saying is also true. I think there's efficiencies in brain activity. And I think like, there's competitive processes. So this is just kind of based off my own observations and opinions. 
It's like when you are trying to make a speech and if you're thinking about how like you're going to do your speech incorrectly or poorly, it's actually going to be worse because your mind is preoccupied with something else. But once you are past that, once you're a little bit more freer, you do a much better job of, of that itself. So I think the 10 to 90% is incorrect, but I think there are things where we are using our brain inefficiently because of those competing interests. That's First. just my opinion. First, it well, I, it sounds like it's based off of logic and reason. So fuck you. Um, <laughs> second, I'm gonna start thinking I'm gonna fly, and maybe we'll see if I fly or not. <laughs> I mean, we can get into that sometime too about you know mind over matter type things because you know you guys have ruined real you just ruined most of my thing and i'm like man what if there's like what if there is a limitless pill and we use 100 percent of our brains and we all like super smart and now i'm like no i am just stupid okay <laughs> but i mean no i mean there is some validity a little bit of validity to that just because we can we're able to remember things that occurred very early on in our lives it's just we have trouble making those connections it's kind of like forgetting something and then like spending like half an hour trying to remember what you just thought of and then making that connection. And as you make those connections more frequently, you actually make a stronger connection to remember it in the future. So it's somewhere in there for the most part. Um, your brain has limited capacity, so it does erase to a certain degree, but um, it's still a really good system. You know? I don't know. <laughs> we're going to get yeah, into I kinda it. I, no, Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> you're, we're going to get into it. There's the whole thing, you know, I mean, the, people there's like a belief that if you can really intune both your mind and your heart and you say you know it's kind of a saying from the bible but you say to the mountain move and it will move right like there's a belief that like people who truly have enlightenment or whatever can actually affect like the physical world so right we're gonna get into that eventually but the next thing i have for you guys in conspiracy corner is a x-files clip but i believe it's maybe the truth hiding in plain sight Sorry, I kind of teased that up and I didn't have the video ready. <laughs> Mobby. Friggin' interns not labeling crap. Of course, as a matter of Gigi experiments on black men in the 30s, Henrietta Lacks. What are they trying to do? That's the missing piece. But it's not hard to imagine. A government hiding, hoarding alien technology for 70 years at the expense of human life and the future of the planet. Driven not only by corporate greed, but a darker objective. The takeover of America. And then the world itself, by any means necessary, however violent, or cruel, or efficient. By severe drought, brought on by weather wars, conducted secretly using aerial contaminants and high altitude electromagnetic waves. In a state of perpetual war, to create problem, reaction, solution scenarios to distract, enrage, and enslave American citizens at home with tools like the Patriot Act and the National Defense Authorization Act, which abridge the Constitution in the name of national security. The militarization of police forces in cities across the U.S., the building of prison camps by the Federal Emergency Management Agency with no stated purpose, the corporate takeover of food and agriculture, pharmaceuticals and healthcare, even the military in clandestine agendas to fatten, dull, sicken, and control a populace already consumed by consumerism. And I encourage you all to go shopping more. A government that taps your phone, collects your data, and monitors your whereabouts with impunity. A government preparing to use that data against you when it strikes and the final takeover begins. 
the takeover of America. By a well-oiled and well-armed multinational group of elites that will cull, kill, and subjugate. Happening as we sit here. It's happening all around us. The other shoe waiting to drop. It'll probably start on a Friday. The banks will announce a security action necessitating their computers to go offline all weekend. Digital money will disappear. They can just steal your money? Followed by the detonation of strategic electromagnetic pulse bombs to knock out major grids. Well, will seem like an attack on America by terrorists or Russia. Or a simulated alien invasion using alien replica vehicles that exist and are already in use. An alien invasion of the U.S. The Russians tried it in 47. You can't say these things. I'm going to say them tomorrow. It's... I just like that part because one of the things I got into with um, with this kind of UFO stuff was that the belief that actually the Roswell crash was the Russians putting in like deformed humans in a spaceship and or a fake spaceship and sending it over to crash just to mess with the U.S. back in like the 50s or 40s, late 40s. Hmm. I think that- I. Oh, go for it. No, 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 Prof K. No, no, no. Prof K. Prof K. I was going to say something completely unrelated. So no, no, no. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I feel like it's probably something logical. I was just going to say the one of the biggest things I took away from that was whenever I see Joel McHale, I always think of community. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't really pay attention. I'm like, fuck you, Joel. <laughs> Where's the video clips? <laughs> Y'all are too much for me sometimes. <laughs> they should have picked a different actor. It's not our fault. He's been typecast. <laughs> no, I completely agree. I love the community. I mean, when I first saw it too, I thought the same thing. But it just kind of fit with the whole, at least from what I was kind of thinking, is the, uh, again, with the, you know, documents coming out, right? So, like, have we been holding on to alien technology for 70-something years? Like, are they going to use it to, like, completely, you know, establish a new world government? Probably not. But... Maybe that's some stuff we're going to find out over the next six months. Who knows? I mean, I think like doing research on like outer space or extra extraterrestrial activity, like the work that SETI does, I think that's really important. And I think that should always be there. And so I'm sure there's going to be publishing the publication of articles of kind of the research they've done and some like minor findings um, based off of that, some like inconclusive, like some conclusions that they don't know what actually like what they found until further research is conducted. But I still think that there have been no sightings because we live in a really big connected world now um, and research is made public. So I don't know. Um, in my opinion, I'm still saying no to aliens. I'm not sure that was the point of the clip. I was, I will agree. I no, was very fine. distracted. <laughs> I will have to watch it again. You know, I'm, like I said, I'm just bringing in my fun, crazy stuff to throw to you guys again. What's one of our tenants? Here, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. First and foremost, T-Bone has really gotten me to start thinking, what if? Thankfully, Tom Hanks was not arrested at the inaugural celebrations. <laughs> I was like, maybe. I really just don't. I don't. I, I certainly agree that there is this glo- And I, I don't necessarily think it's this organized global elite, but I certainly understand the point that there's you know individuals with mass resource and connections that do sort of run and 
that enforce enforce isn't the right word, but support specific guide. policies and measures yeah. that are then adopted. Yeah, guide sort of the the trajectory, but I don't think it's this global cabal that are going to take over America again. What if I Tom Hanks s- drinks blood? We don't know. I am so glad you said that because that leads into our next topic. <laughs> yeah, hold on, I need sound. Wait, there is no sound. Why is there no sound? I'm going to be very upset. Because the CIA knows. <sighs> I, while you're playing that, I will say like... Oh, I think it's playing sound now. Is it? No, I mean, it's playing, but there's no sound. So let me oh. let me deal with this. James, take it. All right. So I will say like when it comes to like the science fiction of things, like that's why like a movie like Salt, which is like with Angelina Jolie, is so completely over the top and unrealistic. But for that brief, like, hour and a half or two hours, I get to turn off my brain and think, like, oh, yeah, there's, like, this massive organization that's behind everything. It's fun. I, I, I don't mind that at all. But when I kind of bring it back to the real world, my brain just rejects it. And it doesn't make sense because I think, you know, it's kind of like in medicine where they say the simplest solution is almost always, like, the right solution. And that's usually the case because, you know, the reason why people are, are getting larger, the, the reason why we have chronic diseases is because people are making poor lifestyle choices it's not like someone is out there you know secretly putting chemicals in our foods and things like that because um, that's too complicated that, that well, it's not it, secret the chemicals are just put uh, on the box you just don't know what they mean yeah they're well known <laughs> put it in your face you just don't know what all those super fancy sciencey words mean but like like i just like, say no and i stuff my face with that cake like the like chemicals in there in terms of like saturated fats trans fats that's well-known, well-researched, and it does cause negative health outcomes. Completely agree with that. But to say there's something beyond that to control people, to force people to do things, I oh, think Oh, yeah, just, no, 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 no. I, I think it's just beyond that. So maybe I, I mis, misstated that earlier on. So I, I apologize for that, but I don't know. I, no I think need to apologize. We're in Conspiracy Corner, man. Fucking we have all Joel the ideas McHale. out here. We just... Fucking we, Joel McHale. <laughs> I mean, if anything, definitely watch the community again. I'd highly recommend that. But we're only going to watch a little bit of this, but I got the audio working. The year is 1917, and Representative Oscar Calloway enters a disturbing statement into the U.S. congressional record. The statement reveals why J.P. Morgan interests hired 12 high-ranking news managers. The 12 were asked to determine the most influential newspapers in America. They were to figure out how many news organizations it would take to control generally the policy of the daily press of the United States. The 12 found it was only necessary to purchase the control of 25 of the greatest papers. An agreement was reached. The policy of the papers was bought and an editor was placed at each paper to ensure that all published information was in keeping with the new policy. Soon, that policy would be defined by a front group formed by J.P. Morgan and his colleagues. In fact, Morgan's personal attorney was founding president of the organization, the Council on Foreign Relations. Today, the CFR maintains that its goal is to increase America's understanding of the world. However, the actual objective of this highly exclusive club is revealed by the rare admissions of the insiders themselves. 
In the early 60s, a Georgetown University professor collects information for a book favorable to the network of powerful men who founded the CFR. For two years, Professor Carol Quigley is allowed to examine the confidential papers and secret records of this network. Quigley reveals that these men aim to create a world system of financial control in private hands, able to dominate the political system of each country and the economy of the world as a whole. In short, they seek total and quiet control of the entire world. And the CFR is their most visible conduit for carrying out that agenda. CFR members include America's wealthiest tycoons, as well as the highly placed elite in government, academic institutions, tax-exempt foundations, and the establishment media. Ruling Class Journalists, written by Richard Harwood, describes the CFR membership as the ruling establishment in the United States. The Washington Post article boasted that news reporters who are CFR members do not merely analyze and interpret foreign policy for the United States, they help make it. Who are these policymakers? Many of their faces are familiar. NBC's Tom Brokaw, CBS's Dan Rather, ABC's Barbara Walters, Jim Lehrer of PBS, William F. Buckley of National Review, media mogul Rupert Murdoch, owner of the giant multifaceted News Corporation. These media heavyweights, and many others like them, are members of the CFR. Powerful corporations are also invited to become members. At the close of the 20th century, CFR influence presided over far-reaching consolidations of media control. In 1995, CFR members Michael Eisner of Disney and ABC's Thomas Murphy merged their media empires. Soon after the merger, the Disney-ABC empire becomes a CFR corporate member. In the year 2000, the world's largest internet service provider, America Online, joins forces with Time Warner, one of the world's largest news organizations. The CEOs favoring the move are CNN's Thomas Johnson and Time Warner's Gerald Levin, both CFR members. Once again, another media giant is created under the shadow of CFR influence. Today, an elite handful of individuals define the agendas that are supported by the empire of establishment news. It goes into it like way more. It's a fairly long documentary. It's about like an hour and a half. But I thought this was just an interesting tidbit to bring in because we were kind of talking about the media. And, you know, um, Gordo brought up a decent point about, you know, again, just joking around with that. Like CNN's all in a report, only happy news now because Biden's in. And that's, you know, it's everything's happy, happy, happy. But just for fun and because I don't know. Maybe like I'm a, I'm a, hold on. Oh God, I had such a good setup and now I'm failing. Here it is. Boom. Do you guys want to guess who's on the Council of Foreign Relations? I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Yelling, baby. Oh. Janet Yellen is on the CFR. Oh Shaggy dog, I got you. <laughs> Drop that song. Drop that song. Who's yelling now? <laughs> Where is it? Where is it? Oh, no. I'm not prepped for that. We started with yelling. I thought, might as well go oh, with I was kidding. Yelling. I was kidding. Okay. 
but yeah i mean you know what if but it's just interesting you know she's part of that little fun club what are your actual takes uh t-bone do you do you truly think the council on foreign relations truly runs the world or do you think it's really just more so a elites club of academics politicians business um executives and hollywood um members I mean, wouldn't that almost kind of be the same? Like, if you have all the most powerful people in a club together and they can basically just make the rules, isn't that kind of a similar thing? Because, I mean, at least for me, I view the council. The, the reason I'm asking. Go ahead. No, no, no. After you, sir. After you. Well, I was just going to say, I put them in the same group as like the World Economic Forum and like these other, like, kind of, again, just kind of more so think tank groups, as they call them. Um, just because I feel like, you know, when you really look into them, you see how they're all interconnected and when you again we, you know just bring it in that whole build back better and next week i might do a little di- deep dive into the great reset it's just again these little policies that are pushed globally may not be a bad thing or a good thing like you know that that's up for debate and you know some of the stuff i'll bring next week will really kind of get us into the both the good and the bad of it and you know the reality versus like the crazy conspiracies that you'll hear about it's kind of the, some of the stuff but it's like my fear with all of this is that we putting a lot of trust in government, right? And then also people making decisions for us that were not chosen by us. You know what I mean? That's my kind of Yeah, no, I, I certainly I certainly agree with you that there's probably some influence. I just I, I like, you know, Prof K was saying earlier, I'm a big proponent of Alcom's razor, you know, whatever's the most likely um understanding is probably the the accurate understanding i think this is just a global organization of elites that want to feel important like the, the, i'm looking at the site right now and it lists out all of the members and yeah. the organizations like that's my one thing on this where it's like i i have a little hesitation that if this organization was so dead set on running the world i really don't think they'd be like let's tell you who all our members are let's tell you who, who funds us like well, I, I don't know. Maybe they, that's just they throw it in your face because they know no one's going to care to even look at it. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to allude to. But, you know, I, I really think it's more of the the elite class just sort of circle jerking each other. Do I think that has some impact? Absolutely. Right. You know, if, you know, Janet Yellen and I'm looking at the list. So like Janet Yellen and um, Diane Feinstein are associated with this group. They have rapport. They can talk to one another and sort of share their thoughts. So do I think there should be some cause for concern? Absolutely. But I think ultimately, like, there's no fucking, at least in my opinion, there's nothing here. I mean, you know, it's like I kind of said last week, I like to think the truth is really kind of in the middle with a lot of this stuff. So like, is this really more so probably a drinking club? Yeah. Yeah. You know. Oh, it's not a drinking club. It's a circle jerk. It's a circle jerk. (laughs) Stroke each other's egos. Stroke each other's egos. And get hammered at the same time. Why not? Right? Like. So at least that's kind of where I come in with that. But it's like, again, when you look at House of Cards and we have proof of like the Bohemian Grove type things, which don't worry, we're going to get into that eventually. It's just, again, these kind of secret groups or non-secret groups, right? Like, I mean, you look at like, again, you can add like the Trilateral Commission into that too. Like there's all these kind of, and we're going to get into them just so we kind of learn more about it. But the thing is just to like open your mind and think about it. And I think just for my two cents, I think to a certain degree there is some truth. Oh, I think it's snowing outside. Um, is that 
I think there is bias in the form of education, like when textbooks are created, for example, I think Vox did a pretty good article on this a little while ago that went to further detail about how like slavery is being discussed in textbook, like the 1619 project and things of that nature. Like these aren't made by government organizations. These are made by private citizens, um, researchers, and there is so much bias in there. And depending mm -hmm. on your region, that can then influence kind of people's perception on kind of how the United States of America, like how the origins of that. And so I think there is some truth in the sense that bias can infiltrate. I don't know about to this degree, but I, I think that is normal and that has been well-researched. Um, there's a lot of conflict and fight against that, especially in K through 12 education. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I got some stuff for that too. <laughs> But I think next week, just to give our listeners a little tease, me and Zaddy were talking about this. I think we might go into, what did I call it? The hybrid in age, I think is kind of oh, the next thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so we went from the industrial age to like the information age is what we're in now. And the whole theory is, is that like the next age is going to be the hybrid age of like man mixing with technology or man completely controlling over their DNA or man putting human like capabilities into animals and like just all of that kind of science and stuff that's oh. opening the door for all of that. It's, you know, AI and sentience within AI, just all of that. And it's like a great little video I got into. So I'm going to bring that for next week. Cause I think that's, you know, again, a little conspiracy talk and just some fun stuff to get into. That isn't completely about a world global cabal that's just trying to rule in our lives and make us all poor. And I think it's another point to give you guys a better like example, well, not better, maybe a more comprehensive example. Um, you know, if you think back as those, you know, sh I, when we were kids, the the Batman Beyond series, or it was a futuristic society yes. of Batman. So if anyone has HBO Max, take a look at the that cartoon that's on there. So um, I think that will give you a good good understanding of what T Bone is sort of alluding to for next week. Yes, thank you, Zaddy. Yeah. The one other thing that we forgot in our um, talk on uh, Midnight Sky and WandaVision is what movie we want to watch next week. I have a recommendation that I haven't watched because I wanted to pitch it to you guys, but wanted to see if either any of you had any any thoughts. I'm completely open to almost anything. So if you haven't seen something, yeah. I'm more than years. Outside the Wire on Netflix. With oh, that with Anthony Mackie? Yeah. Ooh, Have you I watched saw that. it? I wanted to check it out. I saw like, I the trailer it for it. Yeah, it looks good. It's Anthony Mackie. I'm just like, I like this guy. He's the Falcon, Captain America. Let's see what happens. I'm game. No, and then we can great. talk about the next. We can keep talking about WandaVision if we want, if we have any updates on that. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, if me. there's anything, I would say that major drastically happens. But I mean, I think even just kind of giving in a few more episodes so we have some kind of more taunt content to get into with that one. I think that'd be cool. Perfect. I yeah. was going to say, the only new show I've gotten into is also another Netflix show. It's called The Great American Barbecue, I think. Or Ooh. American Barbecue or something like that. It's like, a, it's like a cooking show, but it's solely on like barbecue. And it's like, it's just insane. Like, it's like a, it's, you know, it's similar to like those kind of cooking competitions. But then it's just also completely different. And it's like... I've gotten deep into that. So I don't know if I want to do say, that or not, but I would just throw it out there if you're looking for something to watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm not against it. Always looking for something good to watch. I will say, um, sadly, and I probably shouldn't share this on the pod, but I will. Um, I, I really got into Bridgerton on Netflix. Um, it's a Shonda Rhimes show. It's <laughs> uh, I, I was told it was going to be, you know, 
Thrones meets Downtown Abbey. And I was like, perfect. I'm into that. Some adult content and some crazy old British stuff. And the storyline just sucked me. And I was like, God damn it. Z, how'd you do this to yourself? What's that? Uh, Bridgerton. I, I don't think any of you will like it, but uh, it sucked me in real quick. I don't know, Z. You'd be surprised. I'm into some uh, BBC stuff pretty deep, like Broadchurch. <laughs> I love that show. I didn't know they made a third season. I'm going to have to go and finish that one up. Highly recommend it if you guys haven't watched it. Oh, perfect. Perfect. I'll have to take a look. David Tennant. Amazing. <laughs> So we're all we're all in agreement outside the wire for next week. And if any of us have any other shows or anything, we'll recommend. But if anyone wants to listen and get our insight, definitely take a look at it for next week. Yeah, no, I'll uh, I'll put something on. I'll, you know, we'll make sure we put it out there for all of our listeners too. That uh, for the movie club with the boys this week, it's outside the wire. Perfect. And keep up with Wandavision. Any other uh, conspiracy corner items, uh, T-Bone, or are we ready to go into our outro? I think we're ready to kind of take it back to the hits of yesterday, tomorrow, and today. If you guys got any kind of last well wishes or anything you want to say to our listeners, our awesome, amazing fans, part of the Zaddy Club. <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, I talked to the guy, uh, the boys about what I wanted to play out as a outro we're going to be playing the hallelujah performance that was um taking place over this last week to um celebrate the inauguration of the uh the new administration and i think it really does give us an opportunity to reflect on the lives we've lost we've hit a grim milestone of four hundred thousand americans we we know we do sometimes talk in jest about the covid pandemic but you know, we, we do recognize that there are a lot of Americans that we've lost and we wanted to take a moment to honor and recognize them. So T-Bone, with that, let's go ahead and play it out. I heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall and the major lift, the baffled king composing, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.